0: Okay. This is Walter Simonson for 11 o'clock comics. Tune in. This is Louise Simonson for 11 o'clock comics.
1: It's awesome. <laughs> is that a finishing move?
2: Is that what that is? is, what is. That's an opening salvo. No, it- Yes. Right? Yes. I it. Yeah. I, th- I would think that the Second Night David is the finishing. Yes. Right.
3: I got the windows wide open tonight, so who the hell knows what we're going to I love that. It's a gorgeous day. We took um we took Onyx out to hang out with his boyfriend Monty, who uh it was a great time and, and, and now and are the both all, all tired and just they were falling asleep in their food bowls. It was great, but no, it, today was a gorgeous day. Tomorrow looks to be even better. Uh, spring has sprung, motherfuckers.
2: Yeah, heard. yeah, we got daffodils in the the uh, island. So they're, they didn't they didn't bloom yet, but they're one in they're, the stream. They're huh? The one the island in the stream? No,
1: <laughs> that
2: that is not what we are. to you late? That's funny. No, I got it, I got it. Do you know what we are? We are 11 O'Clock Comics, y'all, and this is episode 731, specifically. I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I I am. I'm so damn glad to hear your voice.
0: I am David A. Price. That is true, because I know this because you were one of my star pupils, for I am the world's last true ninja master, Asano Nitobe.
2: Wow. I'm totally lost. Is this wrestling?
0: No, and Dash lost,
2: too, and that hurts my heart. Asano Nitobe Mm-hmm from Cobra Kai. What are you talking about? Manhunter, dude. Manhunter? Yeah, Walt Simonson Manhunter. Motherfucker. You expect Holy me to remember shit. that? Oh, eight Asano pages 50 Nitobe. years ago? His master. Right Holy shit, yes. Wow. Yes. It, I'm a character from an eight-page short that appeared fifty years ago.
1: Son, first
2: Kidding. of all,
0: eight pages. Try a whole deluxe hardcover. Oh my but
3: god.
2: Times than a death of Captain Marvel. Holy shit. god. He's he's got to tell me what it is. <laughs> no, it was a graphic novel. No, I'm saying there's a. It's a graphic novel's worth of I get of you. content. I get you, but you're not Asano Nitobe. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And, like Asano Nitobe, DCBS slices prices. Oh. How about that? Get yep. your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door by going to DCBService.com. That's DCBService.com. The only place to go if you want to get your comics and your graphic novels and all that other stuff in the previews catalogue, such as it is, hug it because it may not be here tomorrow <laughs> for a fraction, y'all, of the price. Such as From Dynamite, it's the Invincible Red Sonia number one, written by Amanda and Jimmy, also known as Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, the husband and wife team everybody seems to love and for good reason. They're good people. They're great at what they do. I'm sure this Red Sonya thing will be no different than anything they've ever done before. Top-notch stuff. And you know it's going to look good because it's illustrated by Moritat, at least the first bunch. So uh, $3.99 cover price, massive amount of covers, one of which will be done by Amanda herself. You can have this for $1.99. That's 50% off.
3: The- I have a question after, after the, the spot regarding... Dynamite, Fred Sonia. so remind me. Okay.
2: And it also ties into the little game that we played on the Slack today, which we'll bring to the listeners in a couple of minutes. Uh, I disregarded any character that appears at, uh, at Dynamite because it's not fair because they're integrated with the Dynamite universe now. I can't pull them out, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, number, uh, the middle, the meat and or the cheese is from AWA Upshot, it's Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Criminal, number one. I included this because it is written by Mr. Garth Ennis. I also included this because it's illustrated by Mr. Goran Suzuka. $3.99 cover price. What? You can have it for $1.99, last but certainly not least. It's the Cull the Destroyer original Marvel Years Omnibus hardcover from uh, Roy Thomas and Marie Severin. And Mike Plug, Bernie Wrightson, all that stuff. Thulsa Dooms in here. This is the, the, the cream of the Bronze Age crop in my estimation. Uh, Cull the Conqueror numbers 1 to 10. Cull the Destroyer 11 to 29. Creatures on the Loose 10. Monsters on the Prowl 16. Plus, and the Monsters on the Prowl 16 is the Bernie Wrightson. Plus material from Cull and the Barbarians 1 to 3. Savage Sword of Conan number 9. Conan the Barbarian number 10, and Conan Annual number 3. Now, you'd probably expect to pay, what, $125 for a book like this? Well, most people will. But the smart, the savvy people are only going to pay $62.50. That's half off that cover price. And there's only one place you're going to get that. And that's Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Bada-boom. Bada boom. So my question is,
3: do you, because you may not you may not know this, do you only buy the Red Sonja singles? No. So you buy the collections?
2: N- oh, you mean when I read Red Sonja, do I buy the singles? Yes. Yes. But when you say, do you only buy the Red Sonja singles? No. I buy the Vampirella singles. I buy the, you know. No, I buy- no,
3: no, 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 no. I'm asking because since Dynamite loves doing... Variants. I was curious to know if the collected editions they have some contain the variant covers. Yeah, they have for, some, uh,
2: but the 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 price point for a Dynamite collection is 19.99, and they're usually five to six issues. Right. So uh, after discount, it's like 13 bucks for five issues. You're still paying two dollars and some cents an issue, so you might as well get the singles. Okay. Because uh, a Dynamite uh, series with the regular discount at DCBService.com comes out to about two dollars and seventy cents an issue, and that, I'm happy paying that. I don't mind it, you know. But yeah. if I'm going to buy a trade and I'm paying exactly the same amount as the singles, like why bother? I'd, right? It
3: was, with with I mean I mean I think i love back matter i love back matter with with single issues you know whether, whether it's a Baker book or uh you know kirkman in in firepower with, with Somni, it's i'd i I like the i like that if you're buying the single issues you get the back matter you're getting something special for supporting it as it comes out i don't know how i really i fe- i don't know how i really feel about back matter included in the in the collections maybe the deluxe edition but but the standard you know collecting the first arc i know but i do appreciate the variant covers being included in a collection and and that's that that ties into something that was discussed today on the slack but yet yeah, it's it it's why i've decided i'm only getting the two issues of superman red and blue i'll wait for the collection because they're while we've seen some of the covers for this mini series haven't been stellar um
2: yeah, you're the right. The
3: Roland cover, the Nicholas Scott cover, I and hope with my luck, I'll end up with the the Junior cover on on the collection. But I I think the Paul Pope cover is amazing. Sure, but I'd rather wait for the. It's a six issue miniseries. It's an anthology. It'll it'll make a nice collection. And uh, I should hopefully get some of the covers in that.
2: And you know you're going to get a hardcover. But um, so to 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 really answer your question, Dynamite doesn't include all the covers in their. They're they're trade back. Well, that be yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because you get the you get the um the say Linsner cover. And then you'll get the Linsner Virgin cover that doesn't have the logo. And then you'll get the Linsner uh, pencil uh layer of the so they don't put all those in there? Because then that yeah you're right that would be like a huge collection on its own but you get the you get a good representation of what the covers were so okay. um, but yeah I I like it I like the singles because I could turn to the back and see all the covers that I would never ever chase uh, I pick one and I'm happy with it so yeah yeah usually Jay Lee so whatever so there you go DCBService.com Love it. Yeah. All right, let's get this out of the way. For me, anyway. Oh, wait, see, that's. All right, go go ahead, because I. Go
3: ahead. Go ahead. ahead.
2: So, I am drinking coffee from my pal Ronald's place. (laughs) And one, two, three large coffee.
0: Three large coffees?
2: Yeah. You have them lined up or you already started in this? Oh, I got them lined up. I'm on number one and I got the two other ones under the desk here. That is remarkable. Why? That's a lot of cafefe, dude. Uh, caffeine, I don't know. I must have uh, grown, uh, developed a massive tolerance to it because it does not keep me up anymore. Yeah. Remember, right, nice. I'm I'm caffeine now only. I'm not caffeine and nicotine anymore, so... I need... Facts. Yeah, yeah I facts. need something. i much
0: prefer you to drink three large coffees than... Yes. Than right. it tobacco. But I, tobacco I, tobacco. I I, have to say,
2: um, I the one sacrifice I had to make was my patience. I have zero anymore. <laughs> no. Oh, cons oh, yeah. are
3: going to be the bomb now. I I this have... Going, this
0: her is why... Goddamn bin. You guys are going to be hanging box. out in the room at the, at the West End all day, every day. No, this is...
2: <laughs> So during the day, when I'm pissed off or I don't translate things accurately, I don't post to the Slack because I'm liable to type something that I'm going to have to eventually apologize for. So I don't. I just stay away. I love
0: it. I love it. So we're That's entering a new phase of our friendship? You're. Connecting.
2: No, I just I have to pull back. That's all. I wish other people would pull back. Not, not every thought needs to be shared. Sure. But I mean the the, the lack of, of the the nicotine my my uh, translation module sometimes gets impaired. The fuck do you mean by that? What are you saying to me? Are you calling me out? you know what I mean So I just kind of like no just, yeah j- just move back just lean uh, back in you. the chair enjoy
1: mm-hmm.
2: <sighs> what well,
0: uh, it, is, it maybe it's a uh, maybe it's karma because I too. I'm drinking cafe.
1: Hmm.
0: McDonald's. So no, home n- Nespresso. God. Nespresso. What else? Of course.
3: Um the little tiny so cups. I think, I think maybe we should um, confer before we hit record to find out if we should actually bother with the drink roll call that night or if it's going to be <laughs> Dab's buddies watching him drink. And, oh, and I but that's you know, fun, though. I don't. It's because, yeah, I mean, I can because I could I could say, yeah, you know, I'm sipping on some bullet bourbon or I could just, you know, I could also be having some Soda Stream or a coffee. So it's not if, if if we're not going to. I love it. I love that it's that it's still here. But if 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 only one of us actually. Is is having an alcoholic beverage. I don't think we need to actually mention. I can lie. Cool. You can. I don't want you to.
2: I can't. I mean, not, I don't. If, I don't if like the majority to lie. of
3: us are not are, are not having a, an adult beverage. Then then we just go right from the sponsor spot to business at hand.
2: Okay. Fair enough. Awesome. So we'll do that. We will will touch base. We'll we'll confer palava yes. before. We, uh... because I enjoy doing
3: that also because I know if you're going to if you're having beer I'll usually go with whiskey if you're having wine then I don't want you to be going to do drinking wine so yeah. Uh, although well, I know I... when Jason does drink now since he's not trying to drink the beer as much I know he'll be he'll back you up on the wine as
0: well but I haven't had a beer in like at least two months
3: I had one the other night which is it's weird it's not
0: for lack of wanting to have a beer I it's... know no I know
2: nice Okay, well, I didn't mention it going in, but surprise, this is the Book of the Month episode. Yes, mm. and the Book of the Month in question is Star Wars Legacy, Book One, Broken, by John Ostrander, Jan Dersema, Dan Parsons, and Brad Anderson. Um, now, this has been uh, swapped around over the uh the years it started at Dark Horse and now I believe, right, it's the possession of Marvel, as is all Star Wars comics. So um I don't
3: are are they is Marvel reprinting the legacy stuff? Yeah,
2: yeah. They I think are. they're okay. doing epic collections. Yeah. They should. It's great stuff, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean and they own it, so why not? It's it's Oh, if it's they own it, they're gonna print the shit out of it. Yeah. Facts, yeah uh so
0: i I would definitely buy an omnibu of this series oh yeah it
2: is i think just my opinion uh that legacy was by far the best star wars ever got at dark horse
0: Mm. i don't i'm not saying you're wrong or right because i haven't thought about it but i will say that in terms of empiric like validation of what you're saying it's one of the few star wars runs of at any publisher i ever read in its entirety so i definitely lean your way
2: yeah i have a hierarchy of star wars uh we talked about this at the top it has to be marvel the og star wars that i mean i bought them off the rack in 77 so or whenever i don't know if they came out in 78 whatever whenever they came out i bought them and i was everybody went gaga for star wars so the marvel stuff is the nearest and dearest to my heart, always will be. Um, then I would probably have to go with the Al Williamson um newspaper strips. Yeah. Oh okay. No, the newspaper strips. And Mm -hmm. and then I would say legacy. Okay. Yeah. But uh yeah, this was voted on by our patrons how does that work you're asking what is this patreon thing well go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics one one no apostrophe and you'll see we uh once a month we offer a list of books to our patrons and they get to vote that old democratic process that serves so well this election is available to you if you are a patron. You, you look at the list and you're like, ah, you know what? I would like to hear the guys talk about the Rocketeer and maybe I'll say things on the Slack that will be repeated on the episode proper. That's the whole thing. You can get, uh, you get a megaphone into the uh, podcast recording process. Your thoughts will be made public. We'll publish them. Via podcast. So that, if you want to get in... If you want to go in that deep on 11 O'Clock Comics, we would love to have you. Uh, But hey, check out the Patreon first. Patreon.com forward slash 11 O'Clock Comics. We love all our patrons. They're amazing, amazing people. And and it sucks to call them patrons. They're not. They're family.
3: They are. They're they're definitely... I mean, they're... They're supporting us. They're,
2: They're just...
3: They're truly wonderful people without a doubt
2: yep it's the truth oh uh, so let's get into the star wars legacy book one broken first question you do it do it you can
0: already um we've already kind of hit on it but uh so we'll go with dap first because uh he hasn't spoke on it uh first experience uh what is uh the what when was your first experience with uh with this here work last weekend i Damn. yeah Maybe.
3: i i I am it it's i mean this is this is material that was all um i guess published in in 2007 or so but yeah i wasn't i i the last i was uh i went to i followed star wars to dark horse when they did the first miniseries um dark empire where you had um whatchamacallit um the, the, the Cam Kennedy art, which uh, which took place right after um, Return of the Jedi. And I would poke around at, at, at some of it, but when it came to Legacy, it's a complete blind spot.
2: Were you talking about Dark Empire? Yes. Oh, no okay. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. That was good stuff. Yeah.
0: And uh, Vince, you sounds like you were buying this as it was coming out.
2: Yeah, I bought these right off the rack. Yep. Uh, what was it? It was Legacy... Um, What was the other the, the, There were two Knights comp- of the Old Republic Knights of the Old Republic Which I didn't like all that much But I still bought it And uh, yeah The occasional The occasional Dark Horse One mm-hmm. shot Or miniseries but Well
0: and, and uh, So I wasn't buying them off the rack But I did buy all of these I bought it Like the entire run In single issues From my comic shop I guess a bunch of years ago now um, mm-hmm. and, and I also bought the entire run of Knights of the Old Republic. Um, for those that, that, that don't know, I thought what was cool about both of those series is the conceit was that, in this case, Legacy takes place 100 or so years after the original films. And in Knights of the Old Republic takes place long before yeah. the original films. And I think that really served both of these series well because it allowed them to hint and put tendrils of connectivity into the stuff that, that was so pivotal to us as youths but it didn't force them to try and find interesting stories to fit into that core group of characters and, and try and make them as important as the films and, and I really think that's, like, that's the way these things should be done I, like, so much so that that if and when Disney puts out another trilogy I hope it's, it's you know like far away from the timeline that we've been getting all these years right. for that reason like, give us new characters, new stories, so we don't know where things are going to go, and we don't feel the weight of all of the, of all of the 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 connective tissue and history that we already carry in our minds.
2: Agreed. Yeah, uh, I think it's one of the more visually arresting Star Wars series because they made the very smart decision to. I mean, Darth Crate's awesome looking. Right number one the the design of his his armor and the affliction uh what happens to the the armor and all that stuff that's cool but he surrounds himself with zabrax and if there's any character from the prequels that I loved it was Darth Maul
1: hmm.
2: I, I think I think maul got a really short straw the, he should have been um, utilized way uh, to way more extent
0: you should watch the cartoons dude he's an integral part of both yeah. of clone both the clone yeah. wars and and rebels well, i see vital i did to both.
2: i did not know that but yeah. i i love the design the 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 uh the skin tattooing and the red i mean if you have a character that's just crimson of course they're going to get your attention and crate surrounds himself with with zabrak uh, that isn't that what Darth Maul is a Zabrak.
0: I don't I don't know what his species is to be honest I, with you. Yeah,
2: but I'm I know they're from uh, Dathomir, but I think they're yeah called... they are from
0: Dathomir, so I just thought they were Dathomirians. But yeah, would... that's what I would call them, but I. I, I... Some uh, the Species Zabrak is, oh, is yes, uh, Zabrak, yeah Zabrak, parentheses dathomirian so I guess yeah. either is acceptable yeah. there you go
2: cool all right I I love the conceit with the with the tattooing and I and uh, I admittedly there are some Zabraks in legacy that are smoking hot yeah
1: mm-hmm.
2: just saying but um the the thing about this series is I have to be completely honest if you gave this book to a person that was not steeped. In Star Wars, to a certain extent, you could be... All right, if they're a fan of Star Wars from the movies, I think this book would confuse them. I think there's too much lore. There's too much mythology in this book. I think Mm -hmm. it's great. uh, But there is a lot of heavy lifting. The first issue alone, the setup of this issue, I mean, if you're distracted, you're going to miss out on a very crucial... uh, part of the story with the, the setup right so uh, is it a great comic it's a great star wars comic but is it a great comic i see i can't make that call uh, i think mm-hmm. i think it's uh, uh finest work easy right yeah, yeah oh yeah um I, I, I it's not ostrander's because ostrander has written many wonderful things sure. i i think this is star wars legacy is great um, uh, and it's a complete package. It, it should appease any hardcore Star Wars fan. That's the thing, hardcore Star Wars fan. If you gave this to somebody who has no idea who any of these characters are and have just maybe seen, you know, the original trilogy, it's going to completely mystify them.
3: Yes, I mean, and, and not to go too far, but I mean, I think this is, I know Jan from her work on, on DC more than anything else, especially in the eighties. And so it was great to see, I knew that she was working on the star Trek, star Trek, star Wars stuff, especially at, at any convention. And, and, um, we met them. Yes. We met her and Tom, her, and yeah. her husband and, and they're fantastic people. And, um, it's, it is, I, I think, yeah, looking, I mean, because obviously it's after the majority of her DC work, I, she's, she's definitely, um, it's it's consistent i mean this this collection is it's not even the first five issues it's five issues but i don't know why Uh, jason has the series so maybe he could tell us but but number four is not included in this it's just it's one two three five and six uh which is it's fine because i'm sure i'm guessing four kind of maybe interrupts the story that they're telling with with these particular characters or setting this up Mm -hmm. um but I thought, yeah, from start to finish. I mean, the book looked great. She she's absolutely fantastic, and it it. I will, I will I will echo what you said, and and uh, yeah, it is. It's yeah. I, I would consider what I've seen so far based on this, and I want to continue it. That
2: that that legacy is uh, is a best work. Yeah, I have a master Sazen by Jan. Oh, oh nice. nice. Yeah, it's just a little sketch that she did in sure. you know whatever, um, but. Uh, she has two angels. Well, maybe one's not an angel. But she has two angels on her shoulder throughout this whole uh, trade. One is Staranko and the other one's Golesi. I see it on every page. The, I the, see the Golesi. Yeah. The, oh, come on. The, it's, it's, it's blindingly apparent. But that's not mm-hmm. a bad thing, right? Influence yeah. is good. She she doesn't ape. She makes it her own. Like She takes that chiaroscuro, not to the extent of Staranko, but I would say she has a... Uh, an approach to the, the the human anatomy that's very much like Gulesi, only she softens it a bit. She's not as hard as Gulesi. Like, everybody's super chiseled when Paul, you know, draws them. Uh, I know, I just... Uh, the influence was uh, apparent to my eyes. It may not be to anyone else's, but I I think I see it there. Uh, I th- I love the, the visuals of this book. I really love them. I do. Uh, I think it's a very diverse... Like, they, they use... Um, characters from the prequels they use characters from the og trilogy and there's stuff going on all you know throughout this thing you see c-3po's see uh, or a 3po head on a pike in in one section it's just there's a lot of eye candy in it and um it, I, I think it works really well but if you're distracted by all the beautiful visuals you're gonna lose a good chunk of the story and it, ostrander does not suffer fools. It's it's a very complex. I think it is anyway. It's a very complex uh, story. Even the the premise, right? The you got the Yuzan Vong. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, because I I, yeah. I I don't remember all of it. Mm-hmm. The Yuzan Vong invaded the galaxy, right? And yep. the the Jedi had no recourse but to uh, become strange bedfellows with the um, what was left of the Empire, and they eventually defeated the Vong. But the Jedi were compassionate dumbasses, as usual, and they didn't have the Vong killed, the surviving Vong. They had them exiled, which, which the Sith used to their advantage. They said, all right, let's create this false flag operation and we'll blame the Vong. And everybody hates them already, so it didn't. You know, Push didn't necessarily have to come to shove. Everybody hated the Vong to begin with. So the Jedi and the Sith were at each other's throats again. Um, the Jedi is whittled down to a really small fragment of what they once were. And that's when the issue opens where you have Darth Krayt. He just takes out, he kills the Emperor. Um, Emperor Rowan fell and assumes the throne. Ha ha, guess what? It wasn't the real Emperor. Because the real Emperor fell was schooled in the ways of the Jedi. Yep. So he would never have gone, gone down that easy. And that's where uh, that is the the premise for this entire series where it's uh, in the fallout of this massive galaxy-wide war um, the the role of the Emperor has now been uh, assumed by a Sith uh, in the form of Darth Krayt and Jason can take it from here. I just wanted to see if I had the, the whole lead-up right.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that that's exactly right. And and like you said, it's, it is a complex thing because it's kind of like, you know, a lot of people that, depending on whether you came in with the OG films or you came in with the prequels, your interpretation of the Rebels and the Alliance versus the Empire might be confusing. But yeah, in this case, there's a fractured Empire. It's nowhere near as strong as it used to be. But... There's basically two claims to the throne. I mean, it's really like the un- thats the political undercurrent—is that, is that uh, you know there's and it's and the the Jedi don't really, at least the stars, they don't really exist anymore. Because by the way, how many times have the Jedi been wiped out? Like
2: <laughs> seriously, like,
0: Jesus Christ! I mean, uh, man, for for like elite space ninjas, they they sure do get their asses wiped out a lot. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then and then this book. The the central protagonist of the book is is a, a dude, and by the way, before we, his name is Cade Skywalker, and I got to say that this, I love this the series. Why they got to give the guy Jerry Curl? It's like yeah. <laughs> the hair is jank. I mean, I can't believe Jerry Curl's a thing in like thousands of years from now, but whatever. Um, he is no surprise to anyone given the name, a direct descendant of the Anakin Luke lineage. Um, don't know how many generations. I guess probably three or four, based just on the timeline—hundred years. But, um, but we're we're introduced to them at the beginning. There's a battle um, when all this is happening. There's a battle on. Um, um, what's the name of the Ahsis? Uh, uh, yeah, Ahsis, and and there's a battle there, and that's where Cade is with his father, and who's also a powerful Jedi, and and a bunch of others, and basically they're getting their asses whipped. Um, and his father orders Cade and his uh, his his Padawan, who's now a Jedi Master, to to leave with a bunch of younglings and escape, um, before they can all be potentially slaughtered. And Cade's like, "I'm not leaving you, Dad. Like, I'm not going out like that." And effectively disobeys a direct order um, to 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 leave, but it he's not able to to save his his father. His father is killed in front of him. By one of, uh, we come to find out, uh, you know, one of of uh, Darth Krait's yeah right hand uh, men. Um,
2: but you don't do K dirty. He at least waited to get the younglings onto that's shadows. Fair. Yeah. You're right.
0: He does listen to him at first. He's
2: and not he anakin. He's not killing kids.
0: That's true. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He, he he gets the kids on the flight. He does listen to his dad. But then, as they're safe on the on the ship, he sees his dad getting over. Right. The he's like, says, I. I go back. I'm going back. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um and, and his and his his master is his father's apprentice named Wolf Wolf Sazen which is a cool name it's one of the better Jedi names, um yeah and his dad gets killed by Darth Nile also another awesome name, um and, and he he the the kid basically, Kate is a teenager we we are led to believe, um well some think he gets killed but but in in essence he disappears we we don't we don't know what happens to him. And then the book picks up much later, um, and and really the whole series from here on out, not just volume one, centers around Cade and his band of of of, uh, of cohorts. Uh, he's an adult, and we're reintroduced to him. He is an adult bounty hunter, and he has um, he has a crew, as all good bounty hunters do. His his companions are Jariah Sin, who's a like a, a dreadlocked. He looks like a human. He's he's a a black man with dreadlocks, and then super hot yeah. uh, uh, consort <laughs> it's also his girlfriend not just his, his partner uh, uh, Del- uh, Delia Blue and um, she's super fun and uh and quite able in uh, in, in, in in all matters yes. she's a good pilot she can structures. fix the
2: engine too engine goes yeah she's a,
0: she's 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 a triple threat oh yeah um what's interesting is uh, is Jariah is is a racist he's a Jediist yeah, like a lot of people, uh, a lot of a lot of people hate the Jedi now because of the way all this went down, and and he's distrustful of them, and so they're tracking down as bounty hunters are tracking down Jedi, and 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 Jiraiya, every time he gets, he's like dead Jedi's better than a live one, you know, like yeah, um, and and it sets up this this strange dichotomy because obviously Cade is is although he's not a practicing Jedi, he is uh, you know he he is certainly super powerful, and I, I should say two two things one um. During the whole Battle of Ossus and, and everything, um, one of the one of the Jedi, Cade's, Cade, Cade's
1: master,
0: Daffs uh, springtime, taps windows are open. Um, gets mortally wounded, and uh, we get a glimpse of just how powerful Cade is, even as a youngling or as a teenager, uh, a Padawan. He he brings his 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 master back to life, effectively. Yeah, and. and Everybody's wigged out about that because to do that is not only incredibly requires incredible power, but it also requires you to dip ever like dangerously close into the dark side. It's it's for both. Basically. Um, but but nonetheless, he does it. And and also um, because of what happens in Osis, he swears to never again pick up a lightsaber um, like that's his. His vow—he's no matter whatever happens in his life, he's never—he's never donning a lightsaber before. And of course, that's foreshadowing because he's going to pick. He's Um, a bit emo. Oh, he's definitely emo. Sure. for its time. uh, Yeah, no, of course, but that's okay though. I think that's all right.
2: Uh, no, I don't mind it. I mean, if you see your father go down, yeah, I'm going to grant you a little bit of leeway. You can be a little weepy, a little whiny. You could resort to to drowning your your emotions in drugs right which is what happens cade has an addiction to something called a death stick that kind of silences not only the feelings that he he had seeing his father cut down but this is the one of the better parts of the the series for me is cade is frequently visited by luke skywalker
0: yeah very cool part
2: yeah it's kind of like the spirit guide yeah and because of the uh, the the uh, potency of the death sticks, it kind of puts a uh, a kibosh on Luke's visits, which uh, Luke is just trying. I, and you don't really know if it is actually the the ethereal uh, uh, astral form of 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 Luke through you know the Jedi powers, or if it's just a manifestation of uh, Cade's subconscious or his mind or something. Right. You, you don't right. really know. I mean, it, it's irrelevant either. Either way is is valid uh, because the drug just eliminates it so whether or not it's the real luke um doesn't really matter it's luke so uh he he's he's dosing himself to not have to feel or or realize you know that he's he's a a very crucial part of what's to come Uh, his his powers make him very very desirable unfortunately um the jedi are um they're trophies in this reality they're they're hunted down, and because crate wants to round up all the Jedi because the more Jedi he gets in live uh th- that he could question and and uh find out where other Jedi are, and the more Jedi will lead to other jedi and blah 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 so yes, he wants them alive so he can uh they can lead him to more jedi and what he really wants to do is he wants to find the the real Emperor Rowan fell, yeah, but um. Uh, Rowan Fell has a daughter.
0: Yes, another Star Wars princess. Yes,
2: uh, so do tell. Go ahead.
0: Well, um, essentially, uh, well, exactly. She she's a princess. She's sort of um well, I don't want to say a freedom. She's like Leia, basically. I mean, she's you know, she's not, a lot not, like Leia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. think that's that's by accident, right? I mean, I, I think he's kind of drawing from the from the the the. The analogs of, of that of that classic star wars era but um but yeah like it's 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 a thing where um the crate is a he 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 decides well if i can if i can i can either get i can either figure out where the where dude is or maybe i can if i can get his daughter then i can you know use her right. as leverage and, yeah. and, and and draw him out uh, he he'll he's basically trying a bunch of different things to 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 get to get to get to the end result of of killing this uh what he considers false emperor um before we move on, I was gonna ask what do you think of crate's uh character design' Because it's much different than any other yeah. uh, other darth right most most <laughs> most of the the the, the darths are were um, like fairly you know like, either hoods or... Or some dude compared to this. Yeah, yeah. Like, great wearing basically looks like armor made of some kind of alien bones is
2: what it looks like to me. Well, when he's not assuming the role of the emperor, he plays with Guar on tour. So, you know.
3: <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it reminds me of... it. It's it's like Feudal Japan almost. It, it's very reminiscent to me of, of, of uh, Japanese armor.
2: It looks like an oni. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah,
0: no, that's true that's true uh and then early in this in this uh by the way uh dap you you, i don't know why issue number four isn't uh included i i have the issues as i said but they're in a long box in the in the pile i I didn't dig any of them up for this so um i'm curious too i I googled it i I can't find any like clear reason why four wasn't included so maybe someone listening that's a little more like top of mind about this stuff i think it was a
2: character piece that I'm wondering, and, have, may, and the, maybe Jan didn't draw it, right? I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. Also, um, there is a—I uh, always forget the name of that species, but the ones that uh, that have like the, the the tentacles for for instead of hair. Right. Yeah. She there's one that's that's red skinned and she's all tatted up, and uh, she she is uh, she finishes her training, and it's awesome because Darth Great's like all right, your final. He asks the uh, the master, "Hey, is 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 she ready? Is she, she completed her training." And he says, uh, "Yep, she's the best I've ever trained." And then he said, "Cool. Um, well, he said um, <laughs> the, his her master's name is Darth, Darth Ruin." He says, "All right, cool. Well, uh, your last your last test is uh, your final test, apprentice, is to kill your master." And uh, she does it without hesitation. She yeah. Goes, and then and then Darth Krete says. Do you know why your master had to die? And she looks at him and says, "Because you ordered it, master." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" And he's like, "That's yeah. my girl." And he's like, "There you go." And, he's, and he, and he, uh, he, you know, says she's now full fledged, um, you know, she's a full fledged Sith. And he names her Darth Talon, which I think, again, I gotta give, uh, I gotta give Ostendor credit. Like he, he hits, he hits the high marks when it comes to naming the Sith. I, I think yeah, he has sure. some really, cool-
2: uh, you know, like just once, I'd like to see Darth Pratt fall. You know, or Darth, you know, Darth Cream Puff—they all well, have that such. Sets things up. Yeah, I got the scoop on issue four. I do too. Go ahead. Oh, oh. it says uh, thanks to my comic shop. Uh, a galaxy-shaking secret is revealed in the heat of battle. Old friendships will be strained to the breaking point, unlikely new alliances will be formed, and the relentless forces of evil will pursue their dark ends with even greater vigor and purpose. In a universe on the brink of either destruction or salvation, it is the actions of an unexpected few that will determine the fates of all. The previously uncharted future of Star Wars takes a surprising turn in this latest issue of Legacy. Uh, the start of a brand new ongoing... What the hell? This is nothing. No,
3: no. See, no, no. Yeah, you're... you're so so ignore that solicit. If you actually click on the cover thumbnail, mm-hmm. you'll see it says Stormtrooper versus Stormtrooper to the oh, death. okay. But the creator credits are Ostrander, and it looks to be Travel Foreman.
2: Okay. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, okay. there we go. Thank you. you that would have th- been early Travel Foreman, too. Like he yeah. Was pretty, yeah. So it is... It was an interstitial. Yeah. And if you want it, CGC 9.6, it'll cost you 150 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's such a shyster, this guy. It's not like it's mile high. Well, he's he's definitely not spending his uh, money on masks, that's for sure. <laughs> because nobody's going to tell him to wear a mask. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, and, and then after after she's dubbed Darth Talon, she's going to be
0: his main assassin. He says and sends her on a mission, which is to to go and and uh, and uh, find Fel's daughter and then round know, her up. Yeah,
1: round her up.
2: So and uh, we'll cut right. to the chase. I think we can summarize the the ending battle. Um, those um, life gaining or life returning uh, Cade's powers of healing. Uh, are necessary again because in the re- battle that results in the uh, the final conflict between Darth Talon and 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 Cade and you know his crew, uh, Princess Marasiah is is gravely wounded, almost killed, and um, Cade does his little woohoo on her, and she brings she's brought back to life, and Cade realizes that um, I'm I'm I have something going here, and everybody around me uh, is in danger. So I'm just going to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like it's in your living room. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I love it. I love that. That is cool. Um, so I mean, the, the, and I'm, I'm being a little bit glib and, and, um, unspecific cuz there's a lot of stuff that goes down in the last battle it, there's a lot of people fighting but the the whole point of it is that Cade has to use the talent he formerly shunned uh you know the right, thing that- and,
0: and in both in both cases he he uses his healing which is hard and and it I think when he uses it again I think it really emphasizes like to your point if if this isn't your first Star Wars comic like it it should speak to just how powerful this dude is cuz this is a power we've seen or, or in the expand, in the extended universe, which I guess a lot of it doesn't isn't in canon anymore. There were definitely Jedi that could could heal or accelerate healing, but to bring people back from basically true death yeah. is 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 and and is even into the movies they carry that forward into the the final three with the Emperor. Like it is considered like the the strongest power, and it is a dark side power. It sure, is, it's it is like
2: necromancy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Sorry,
2: necromancy. Uh,
0: yeah. And, and so the, the fact that he's able to do it again and pr- presumably without much practice either, cause it's not like he's been training as a Jedi is, yeah. is pretty jaw dropping. And then, you know, as you said, within the, because of all of these events and he's finally kind of forced his hand, he, he does, he, he breaks his own vow as we, I'm sure knew he would, as soon as he uttered those words and grabs his lightsaber and, and is kind of back to fully being a kick-ass Jedi. Yeah. He's accepted that like, that's what I got to do. Got to do what I got to do. Yep. Yeah you know
2: uh, it's a wonderful little trade i think
0: well definitely and then and then there's when he when he dons when he shows off all this stuff uh his his buddy Jin is like i'm fucking gonna turn you in. like he's like I, like they, they have issues you know they have yeah terrible, you don't know, like
1: that
2: no i i think he's all he's all you know puff chest and 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 bluster for I mean, this is his buddy D- does it not show him that the Jedi? if his if his good friend his companion his compatriot can be a jedi, maybe he should you know reconsider his take on jedi right They're, he it's a, it's a, an example of what they are what they can be and and he's just blankets all oh you're you're damn jedi mm-hmm. like come on, but yeah. I like the fact that um ostrander cast a black man in that role right oh definitely because yeah. it's 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 very it's 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 poignant that someone um, from a, a, a group of people who are very used to that kind of treatment would feel that way about an, another group of people like it's that's a nice little right. twist yeah
0: uh, another really important part of this at least if people want to continue with the series is that uh, early on that Darth crate alludes to having a past where people might would know him like under his mask yeah and then um, Kate isn't the only one who gets visits from dead Jedi. Um, uh, Krait speaks to three former Sith Lords. uh, Lord and Didu, who I'm I'm sure exists in some other part of the Star Wars universe. I'm not familiar with him, though. Um, Lord Nihilus, who many would consider the, the most badass Sith of all time, and Lord Bane, and he's talking to them. He gets guidance from them, just like Luke is giving C- Cade guidance. And and uh, Bain is like, "You're a fucking, you're a pretender, bitch. Like you, like <laughs> I, like like don't even come at me." And the reason is, is because, and this is important because it's it's the central arc to all of, of the the whole run of Legacy. Uh, Krait has violated the Sith teachings, which which anyone that's seen the films knows. There's only always two Sith. There's the master and the apprentice. It's always been that way. If you want to become the master, you're if you, you as the apprentice, you either kill the master or the master's gonna die. It's always been that way. There's only ever two. And we know from page one of this book that there's there's many Sith running around doing crate spinning and yeah. and and his elders or his his successors are giving him issues from they're like dude this, that's whack like you're like you're that's not the way we do it. <laughs> and creates like fuck the way you did it dude like i improved it i made it better like we're the one sith like we're one collective and it's sith and uh you know and you can suck it and um and that's a huge deal like that is definitely the issue throughout the whole um you know that like that exists throughout the whole the whole of the story you know what i mean like like that is a important part of 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 him and really and and as as the story, as the journey goes on cade basically through a series of cade doesn't have it very easy in this book Lots of bad things happen to him and his people around him, but he he his quest is effectively to destroy the One Sith. Like to, that's basically becomes his his quest is to just to just to destroy it completely. And um, and I will say that that one of the other reasons I think this series sticks so fondly for me is that it it isn't like open ended. They, Cade has a journey and he he goes on that journey and the journey ends and and he goes off into the sunset and like you don't feel that I at least I I never felt the need to to read another cade story because we 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 saw his arc like we got a complete view into his arc from yep. reluctant hero drawn back into you know trying to complete his his quest
2: and i i loved that i yeah. really thought that was great 51 glorious issues
0: yeah yeah yeah. I would highly recommend people, con- I mean, if you enjoyed what you read, if you read along with us, I- this is definitely one of those series that uh, if you haven't heard it in our voices already, it's worth continuing on. I, I-, I think it's a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna, I-, I want to uh, find more uh, about it. I really do like the way um, Jusima portrays Luke. Uh, it it's- reminds me of the versions by... By Infantino, by uh, by friends, by everybody who did the um, the Marvel run. Um, I I I like this a lot. I I didn't. I mean, I I know I know based on the fact that we got the last three movies uh, that uh, once once they decided to continue the Skywalker saga, that the whole extended universe that Dark Horse gave us was pretty much no longer canon yeah uh so so these are the what-ifs or alternative tales and and but but they still it's i I view it as like you know just jedi folklore or something like that it's like these are just these are other stories that that can be told Mm -hmm. in this universe they may not you know yeah Cade may no longer Cade may not exist as a descendant of Luke Skywalker, but that doesn't make this story any less entertaining or or worthwhile to check out.
2: Right. Um, right. Yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't hold the 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 last three movies to any kind of permanence. Uh, I mean, they almost retconned what they did between two and three, right? So, yeah. uh, whatever. I, I think they made a big mistake not bringing Mara Jade into the 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 movies. I mean I I, I think mm-hmm. that character demands to be included in the in the in the proper mythology but whatever. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm not at the helm of this uh, the Star Wars but uh wouldn't it be awesome if Marvel did a uh, just a one and done omnibus of legacy. Oh, I I think that
0: would be phenomenal. Yeah. That would buy it two seconds, yeah. Me
2: too. Me too. Absolutely yeah, be me.
0: Yeah. Sure. yeah, and like Darth Crate, uh, Vince and I were talk, talking about this. Uh, I guess pre-recording, um, he he. We do we do ent- eventually learn more about him. He he's a his his he was a Jedi, um, uh, named uh, Asherad Het, and his dad was uh, was also a famous Jedi. And and as as the story goes, um, Crate when he was a Jedi was a was a general in the uh in in the um, uh in the army and uh and fought in the clone wars along with with Anakin and and Obi-Wan so again if you're a fan of the of the clone wars cartoon component which by the way is is still canon um he would have been alongside those guys he would have been beside like Kit Fisto and and all those other generals you know Mace Windu fighting fighting and and eventually he he gets lulled into the dark side as, as, as I guess seems to happen quite a lot to these motherfuckers, yeah. but um, like, it's like, damn dude. Um, and, and he, like, he is certainly the arch nemesis throughout the whole run. And at one point he dies or so we think, but he doesn't really die. And then, and then eventually it comes down to a battle between he and, to, between him, he and Cade and like, and Cade too. Like we learn all about his past, you know, he, we we saw, obviously saw his dad get killed, but we um he he reconnects with his mom, who's in a different role now. We you know there's a lot of stuff that happens on Tatooine, which is cool. Obi one at least not Obi one like the memory of Obi one, and he's got a role to play in Krayt's life. And uh, yeah, it's all like I think like they touch on that stuff without having to get it overly like inlaid into like saying that he was you know. Like, to, he, like it, it's it's neat. I, I just think I, I like I think they did just the right amount of, of tying this to the old source material, and and in fact, Crate even, and his family were were uh were Tuscan Raiders for you original film wonks. Like they, that's, they lived as Tuscan Raiders and when he was a kid. Wow. So, yeah, so that's kind of cool. So you could see he he grew up like he was, he wasn't like one of the uh, privileged. You know, he was more like Anakin. He he came up hard. You know, he came up hard and. He's got a he's got an edge to him. Nice result. <laughs>
1: so,
2: uh,
3: <laughs> And edge and Anakin are not 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 really two words I would have together. But
0: I guess. Well, you. again, you're judge. You, you, I think. I mean, I've said this many times. I, I think you you can't. I don't think of Anakin in the way that we see him in the prequels. I, I right. think of Anakin yeah. in the way of of eight or nine seasons of the Clone Wars. Sure. And and. and which I think makes for a much better interpretation of him as Darth Vader because we get to see him for well literally years acting as a very adept and important hero. Right. And you see his corruption, it feels it feels more you know, if it, it it feels far more impactful and, and tragic than than in the films where it's just like, you know, dude's a you know <laughs> He's entitled little kid, and then he just gets, doesn't it, <laughs> get his way, and he decides to, you know, become the world's or the universe's most evil person. It, yeah. That's kind of how the
2: films make. You got to blame Obi Wan, probably, and well, well, you got to, you
0: got to blame, you got to
2: blame Lucas for not letting him well, no. direct this. Film. I mean, it, all Obi Wan had to do is kick that whiny bitch into the lava, and it would have been all, all over. Uh, yeah,
3: it, it's, I mean, it's, it's something when, when the animated Anakin uh, is is more believable. Or, <laughs> yeah. Watching than an actual real life Hayden Christensen.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, but remember, yeah, and and remember, Dave Filoni, who show ran both of the cartoons, is the co showrunner of of The Mandalorian. Yes. With so that that's also I think like Filoni did it right, man. Like he really he did it right. Like no said. I mean, Baloney. Filoni is 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 no joke, dude.
1: Yeah.
0: I would love for them to give him like a three film deal.
1: Yeah,
0: that would be awesome. Sweet.
2: All right, so there you have it. Book of the Month, Star Wars Legacy, Book One Broken. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you would like to participate in future Books of the Month, all you got to do is go on to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, cast your vote. Well, you got to join first, and then cast your vote. (laughs) You
3: will will be able to vote
2: (laughs) in the May Book of the Month because our April
3: book has already. Been planned. It was planned months ago. It was planned late last year, and I just looked at um, my upcoming shipping list, and it should be in my next box because the April book of the month is the Captain America by Jack Kirby on the list.
2: Oh yes, it's coming in my box as well. I cannot wait. Mad God bomb, goddamn mad. God mad bomb. But anyway, um, I just mentioned the Slack, and the Slack is a gathering place for all of the patrons uh, who. Uh, choose to uh, ascend to that level, and we talk all day long. And today, I said, all right, let's play a game. Games are fun. Uh, I asked the patrons what... uh, Because we were talking about the the reception of this alien-predator integration going on at Marvel. Like, do you Mm -hmm. think it's a good thing to see the xenomorphs running around with Captain America, you know, to have Deadpool going. I mean, it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen to see Deadpool going head-to-head with a predator. Is is that a good thing? Uh, So I asked our Slack buddies, uh, what properties do you think would work well On a permanent basis, not just a special one-shot or a miniseries like Dark Horse did with Alien and the DC Universe, you know, in that, that way. A permanent basis, what properties would work well on a permanent basis within the Marvel or DC universes? And we played along as well. Jason, of course, needed a little bit of clarity. But once I gave it uh-huh. to him, <laughs> once once I gave it to him, we uh, we threw down and we made lists and we have choices and we'll read some of the patrons' choices as well. But I have, I have ten.
1: Damn! Wow!
2: Yeah. Good for
0: you. Well, then I'm, you need to start us off and, and give us one to two.
2: Okay. Um, some of these are really stupid, but I would love to see them some of them are, are are extremely obvious like uh just to get it out of the way um a lot of the guys on the slack voted for micronauts ROM, godzilla shogun warriors like sure, I, all those OG, I, yeah. I i think those are are obvious answers but they're the right answers <laughs> i would i would no really i would love to see godzilla back at marvel not this legendary bullshit the the real godzilla uh screw the titans just have uh, the way trimpy the way they approached it in the trimpy series right red ronin all this marvel uh, shield integration with with godzilla would be awesome but anyway um that so those are, are givens we'll just take those as as a given um,
3: mm-hmm. i think I and mean, basically one, if they already existed in that if they were already a licensed property from the
2: publisher Yeah, it's pretty much a given as yeah cool. okay. yeah um, th- this seems glaringly obvious to me but i, I maybe your your opinion will 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 differ i would love to see kolshak the night stalker at either i think he would work well in marvel but i think he's more of a dc character to have kolshak running around in the same universe as john constantine or or zatanna and you know detective chimp like justice league dark kolshak would be great in in, i I think i mean yes
3: he absolutely i mean logically but as soon as you said him for some reason i just automatically thought about um, midnight suns blaze blade morbius mm-hmm. for some, i just i don't know why i, I attached oh, oh, especially he... this old man in a fedora i don't know but but you're absolutely right him as you know associated in some way with justice league dark is probably more apt. I just, I don't know why I thought of Midnight Sun.
2: No, he try. could work with Midnight Sun. like, I, okay, you cannot extricate Darren McGavin from Cole Shack. The guy's not a right. prize fighter. He's <laughs> not a ninja, right? So, so I'm thinking Kolchak could be the oracle to justice league dark or the the midnight suns where he would do the legwork, he would he would get the clues put the pieces together and send you know blade or morbius in to do the dirty work like Shack would be the br- the the brains behind the operations or the 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 geppetto sending the powerhouses in to do what the powerhouses need to do but uh i i just love the character i think he'd be just phenomenal and he would blunder into things like that would be the thing. Kolshak stumbles and he finds a piece of paper that says, you know, vampire party at three, uh, three AM come, come have a good time. And yeah, it'd be fun.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. I, uh, I mean, you have, well, I mean, I have like four here, so I don't know that, I mean, I could add some more, but, uh, but so I don't know if you want to give another one. If you've got 10, but
2: all right, I'll give another one. To, right. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Pacific Rim in the Marvel Universe. Okay. the The Jaegers. I have choices for who I think would. Now, I, maybe I just went a little too deep on this. I don't know. I have. Yeah, it's all so good. I have choices who I would like to see as drift pilots. Can you imagine Aurora and North Star as drift pilots? Because. Oh, that's good. Mm, mm, yeah, that she, like the good. Fenris twins. Yeah, and she, yes, or uh, Peter and Ileana right mm-hmm. um but the best the absolute best drift pilot ever in the marvel universe would be j jonah jameson but only Hilarious. no listen but only when he's paired with robbie that's the, <laughs> you You have to have those two together and i'm thinking that, like just to get the kaiju like who, who wouldn't want to see knifehead in the marvel universe right but the giant jaegers and and i wouldn't go superhero like nobody wants to see peter parker as a drift pilot because why right he's spider-man nobody wants to see thor or you know the 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 big top level characters i, I wouldn't put them anywhere near that's
0: a marvel because they got that marvel mech series coming out right now oh have
2: you read it no it's no. horrible it's absolutely, sure it, it, and it's Carl Smanio on art, and he's totally mm. wasted. It's just whatever, mm. whatever. but That's no, true. I, I want to see Aurora and Northstar as drift pilots because she's nuts, but she knows how to, she knows how to budget her crazy and how to how to how to level it. Uh, so I think she would be great in the drift, and and they have they both have extremely quick reactions, especially Northstar. They'd be yeah. like awesome pilots. Yeah, that's a good one.
3: Yeah, that is a good one. Um, uh,
0: Yeah, that's, for me, as you just sounds like you've done too, I I tried to make sure that it didn't just like, I didn't just say like, oh, put G.I. Joe in Marvel. Right. So I I thought I could definitely see MASK, my boy Matt Tracker, being in Marvel because MASK is, you know, an acronym just like SWORD was a spin out of SHIELD to handle um, space issues. MASK could be a spin out of shield to handle like all kinds of cybercrime and cybernetic stuff that's cool right and so team
3: up with us one
0: also oh my god i, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, really I
2: don't think there's ever been a more genuine reaction on this show oh my god
0: <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> so stupid um, so i'm already thinking about what his helmet, helmet power he would have um but yeah so there you go mask i think i would love to see that wow
3: how's it going that's
1: great
0: yeah it's going
3: i i I have i have i I really only have two i wrote down three but i really only have two and the the second one took a minute took took longer than a minute for me to come up with because i really thought i was really happy with my first one and 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 i'll explain it when we get towards the end but um but my big number two because i just i thought that it would be cool since it all takes place in space um voltron because i figured it would meet up with um the the princess and the crew could meet up with the guardians of the galaxy i just associated that that team up initially but having them in space messing around with the other cosmic entities i thought just it 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 was it wasn't forced but it was one that just kind of clicked for me
0: Mm -hmm. nice yeah i mean similarly because it's related to space i would have no issues with bringing my man Heath Houston into the Marvel Universe. And he just, like, every now and then shows up in some, you know, Guardians roll up to, like, nowhere at this bar and there's this curmudgeonly asshole at the bar getting in a fight. And, uh, you know, he'd be like Adam Strange if Adam Strange had no couth and refinement, you know.
1: Right.
0: I I would love that.
2: Well, I'm going to read a couple of the uh, patrons' choices. Please. Uh, Yeah. Brian Clark voted for Bionic Six at Marvel. Love it.
3: That's awesome. That's yeah. the hotness.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, My Hero Academia at Marvel. Wants to see Shadow know that well enough to know I think that would work really well. Yeah. Uh Shadowhawk at DC and Kick Ass in D C. And I like the way he used the street level characters at DC and the big bombastic bada boom characters at Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian N., of course, voted for ROM, my man. Darren mm-hmm. wants to see Robocop at DC. That's cool. And Battlestar Galactica. Like that a lot. Tim B., Doctor Who, uh, which, uh, you know, he <laughs> already... Nah, I'm just messing. I,
0: just got, I always got a front on Doctor Who anytime it's mentioned. Yeah, but I,
2: I already associate uh, Doctor Who with Marvel, right? Because mm-hmm. of the... the uh, uh, Chris, right? Chris Revikant, uh, Jonah Hex gets dropped into Westworld, and uh, Spaceballs must meet the mm. Guardians of the Galaxy. That's cool. Patrick uh, wants to see Hellboy showing up in a Justice League Dark Shadow Pack series. That's that's on the damn money right there. And Mike DelVecchio agrees with Brian Clark that My Hero Academia would be a perfect addition to Marvel. Uh, Ian McCurtis says Scott Pilgrim at Marvel and Hellboy at DC. Interesting. The, um, now, huh.
3: now I know obviously the, the the crossovers rarely mean anything once they're done, but um, and I ask this as not having read them. How did um, how did those Hellboy Batman Et cetera,
2: crossovers
3: were. How did they read? Did did, did you enjoy oh, them? No,
2: no, no, it was fun. Were you talking about Starman, Hellboy, Bat, that one? Yes. Yeah, yes. I thought it was fun.
3: Yeah. And it didn't go on it, forever. It made, it made sense. No, I know it didn't, but it, I mean, it, 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 it made sense on, like, you know, well, Punisher and Archie's fun, but it, it's, I mean, oh, it, no, it, it, it
2: was, it was goofy fun. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a world breaking story, right? It was just right. a, a reason to get three characters together. I don't even remember what the, the the conceit was to, to get all of them together it's been a while right. since I read it but uh yeah uh Darren yes. wants to see an A-team and Defenders team up
3: which Defenders?
2: <laughs> uh, this must be I don't know if this is the 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 better Defenders of this is the uh <laughs> this is the Gargoyle Iceman Valkyrie Defenders yeah I, I I don't know but either way I think it would be cool yes. um Mike DelVecchio, I love him, but he wants to see either company make Common Rider comics. And uh, I, I can't co-sign that. Uh, if, if they made Common Rider comics and just relegated it to a, a, its own little universe, then yeah. Like, I, I'm going to kill somebody if Ultraman tiptoes out of this series that he's in and goes into the Marvel Universe proper. That's not good. It's not <laughs> because because Common Rider, Ultraman, um, e- even the 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 Super Sentai series—they're too special to to you know dilute them at, with the rest of the Marvel universe. I maybe I'm just uh, I'm I'm biased, but I wouldn't I wouldn't insert them. But uh, whatever—it's uh, it wasn't my answer, right? Uh, but <laughs> I do have more answers. Oh, yes. You better give them. This is my favorite answer, but it's not my best answer. Mm -hmm. I would kill to see Tromaville in the DCU Eh. because uh, the joke would, the the long running joke would be there's one call to action that Superman will never answer. And that's anything out of Tromaville. He just won't go in because, (laughs) because it's so (laughs) offensive to him that, you know, he he'll just like pass it off to, to booster or somebody like, yeah, go ahead. I'm not, I'm just not doing it, dude. I hate that place. Um, I would love to see a Fast and the Furious at DC, specifically to cross over like JSA JLA, a Fast and the Furious crossover with the Suicide Squad once a year.
0: Love it! I had a I had in my my honorable mentions Fast and the Furious with a question mark. Yeah, that would be really cool. That would be cool.
3: Yeah, that's hilarious.
0: But I would absolutely love it if. Um. At some point, the Justice League had to, uh, you know, go to a far distant planet to save the universe, and the Thundercats were there, and they teamed up.
2: That's one of my answers. Yes. <laughs> I, but I mean, because the Th- the Thundercats were so isolated. I, I mean, you can't say, uh, we, and we already see it that you know, He Man, the Masters of the Universe, have crossed over with DC, but I, Thundercats is more feasible to me. Because it's this little group of characters that
1: could
2: w- sure. D- DC could have a, a Savage Land type scenario that you know that's where the Thundercats are from. Uh,
3: especially with the Green
2: Lantern Corps and shit, that'd be great. Dark Side. Oh, would that's ha- even
0: better. Yeah, I said Justice League, but actually Green Lantern Corps would make
2: even more sense. Yeah. that's that's
3: that's great. yeah but uh, like Dark
2: Side would hate Mumra. He would hate him, right? Because they were <laughs> cut from the same cloth, right? I don't know. That's cool. You ain't lying. What else you got, Dap?
3: <laughs> uh, my big one, so I'll say it now before somebody else steals it, uh, is, and, and this sort of kind of already happened more or less over the years at DC, but I specifically wrote Flash Gordon and in parentheses the Defenders of the Earth in the DCU. If you had, like, Voltan and his Hawkman like yeah. having to face off the Thanagarians, mm-hmm. uh, you could have Mandrake. Uh, filling in for Zatara and and working with Satano or even Doctor Fate, um, the Phantom already had his miniseries, which Hermes is trying to overprice in a collection. But <laughs> trying. You, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, I ain't buying it. They no. can buy all they want, but yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, I just, I mean, I love, I love that cartoon, and I know it was a star comic for Marvel under that imprint, um, and I know that uh, Dynamite it was dynamite right not boom that tried to that 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 um
2: no oh, dynamite did it yeah
3: right jeff parker and 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 mark laming worked on the uh, the the King, king's book King, so i mean right. it, it's it was i i just i love that concept of those characters together that cartoon i watched that every morning before school i love that cartoon but yeah i just i just i thought of the movie and i thought of prince voltan and i'm like the fucking hawkman like that's just that why would you not have them whether they are they're, they're, like like Vulcans and Romulans, whether they're offshoots yeah. of the same race or they're just they're they're against each other for whatever reason. I just I it it just clicked for me.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's great. Uh, I, I the scene between Batman and and um, oh my god, brain fart. The Phantom it writes itself, right? The yeah. Phantom just just looks down at, at Batman. And it's like shut up, punk. I've been doing this way longer than you have. I got generations of this shit. That's right. Whatever. But, um, I,
0: I would love it. This is a self-serving one, but but I encourage us to be creative here. I would love if Moby Dick just existed in the Marvel U as one of those monsters they could pull out, like Fin Fang Foon gets pulled out. So oh. like every now and then when there's an Ocean Story... Sometimes Moby Dick's helping out the heroes, like like you know, our man Namor's like, "Yo, Moby, help me out." Sometimes, dude, just like feeling some kind of way, maybe like you know, got some well, some to- some toxic nastiness dropped on his ass, and he's like, "I'm gonna go fuck some things up." I'd love that.
2: Well, it's possible in the DC universe because you have, you say, you all right, it's already been established that there's a Parliament of Trees, right? The Green has its own. Mm-hmm. deities then you have animal man with the red why can't the ocean have the blue like like moby, dick, blue. Could, moby <laughs> dick could be some kind of an avatar for the for the ocean
0: oh, and, i love it yeah why not that'd be great Dap. i got a deep cut for you you'll appreciate oh i think that marvel doesn't really have a great like street level human detective like dc's got a couple so I think that Marvel should should license Luther and make him that. I like that. That's yeah, you know, just like you know, like you're you're like you're um, like what's Homegirl's name in DC? The the one uh, like uh, the detective that became the Question. What's her name? Uh, Rene Montoya. Yeah, Rene Montoya. You know, like a Rene Montoya. Only he, you know, dude's British. He's a, he, he does what he has to do, you know. Every now and then, maybe like he's doing a little story. Like maybe he shows up at. Excalibur headquarters. He's like, "Yo, you gotta help me. This is
2: mutant that got killed." You know, I, I don't like know. that. That's great. Interesting. I've never seen Luthor, so I can't comment on that. I don't know if
3: that's. I mean, I think the stories are great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm entertained and and intrigued, and I can't look away. But I don't necessarily. It's. It's not found footage or anything like that. It's just it's. I don't, I don't know if it's if it's um, if it's up your alley. I'd love for you to sit down and, and right, watch it, but I can I can definitely see you going. It's not for me.
2: Yeah, I
3: see fair. the appeal, but it's not for me. Right,
2: it's fair. Mm-hmm. It's fair. Um, let's, let me see. I have a super deep cut here. Oh. And I was thinking, all right, Marvel has damage incorporated, right? To to clean up
1: mm-hmm. on the
2: surface of the planet, but what happens? Yep. In space when you got a lot of garbage. Who's gonna clean that up? Well, I would love to see Quark at Marvel, and there's about three people listening to this. Who, who remember who remember what Quark was. Quark was a very, very short lived series starring Richard Benjamin. Richard Benjamin was Adam Quark and he was a space garbage man. The the ship was a garbage scow, and he would go around space cleaning up other people's messes. And I I think it would be particularly uh, poignant because there was a character on um, the show. Their name was Gene Gene. Gene with a G, Gene with a J, and they had both male and female parts. So I think you can work that into the current... Uh, climate very well. There was... Uh, do you remember the show in either of you? No. I
3: Looking at pictures of it, I remember it being on. I don't remember much. Oh, I watching. loved it.
2: Beca- and there was two reasons why I loved it. Actually, four, but if, I you, bet. if yeah, you count uh-huh. there, was the Barnstable twins. They were the two blonde compa- companions of of uh, Adam Cork. No, I thought, I thought it was a, a wonderful show, uh, but it's like, yeah, I, I realize I'm in the minority, but just to have this comedic undercurrent at marvel where if you know the guardians just did this massive annihilation wave style battle and pieces need to be picked up who do you call quark Mm -hmm. clean this shit up i think that would be cool but that's not my not not my best answer if you do you guys have any more because then i'll tell you my best answer um well i have one i mean i was like
0: because Marvel already has the Shi'ar, I gave this one to DC. But I wouldn't be mad if there was a like a Legion adventure where they had to team up with the Silverhawks.
2: Ooh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Silverhawks were at Marvel when they were published. Uh, yeah, I think they were also. Oh, they set. were. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. No, it's it didn't run forever. I think it was maybe no, three was... three issues okay okay yeah
0: and i also think it would be cool uh and i am hope i don't think this has been since top one, so i don't think i'm stealing a thunder if um if the ff had a adventure where they ran into uh thunder the barbarian
2: and the herculoids yeah. Be, yeah 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 mm-hmm. awesome that'd be great it was a <laughs> uh
3: silver hawks ran it was under the star imprint for the first oh, five issues shit. okay released from August 87 to August 88, comics 135 and 7 are all adaptations of the cartoon.
2: Oh, Only yeah. 2, 4 and 6 are new stories. That's whack. Nice. Nice. That was my dead zone. That's that was yeah, okay. I think it was around the same time they were doing like Animax and and yeah. Inhumanoids mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: I remember DC had a Cops comic for a bit yeah c-o-p-s you
3: know i thing. bought the three issues uh of the 18 miniseries marvel did
2: Mm-hmm. hell marvel also did chuck norris and the karate Commandos. i was just gonna say
3: yes Oh, the karate I forgot.
2: yes yep
3: forgot
0: all about that
2: yeah i i just threw Mulder and scully on my list but that's pretty duh. it's pretty lowbrow i mean who come on it's a it's a no-brainer just to well, see yeah it's completely expected but um, that's not my my favorite answer.
0: Why don't you give us your favorite? I think it's time.
2: All right, my number one answer that made me excited to write down, and I just the possibilities <laughs> would be endless in my mind. And uh, wouldn't you know it? Marvel already owns them. Because I would love just to lighten the mood. A little bit of levity here and there, some some neat interactions between our favorite characters and characters from this universe. I would kill to see the Muppets integrated into Marvel. Wow! Can you imagine if Peter's just like swinging, and uh, you know, and he just sits on a ledge, and all of a sudden, like Fozzie comes up. Hey, you having a bad day? Yeah, I'm just not. You know, I'm not feeling it. Like <laughs> yeah. just just to have these goofy and you know, like Swamp Thing and and, and Kermit. Or <laughs> swamp thing, man thing meets Kermit, uh, and and ignores him because that's what man thing does. But I just think it would be cool to see all these these puppet characters like seamlessly integrated, like because they would still be puppets, and and yeah. you you would have to have your heroes like positioned in a way where the real person that was controlling the puppets would have to be, ex- <laughs> be obscured. Yeah, that's like you'd never showed their legs. The you you would so show funny. Kermit yeah, you would show Kermit's legs and and Grover's legs, but and, and the people that were actually in suits as Muppets, but you, the ones where you never really saw their legs, you would never see them in the Marvel universe because they're puppets. <laughs> that
3: is awesome. I think it'd be cool. I love that.
2: Yeah, and I got to thank Rod the God for uh, sti- stimulating this. this well, that's what we this need. Have bigger head, bigger, right? <laughs> He's, he's the man. Make hey, up, up for the incredibly small legs. Oh,
3: but they're thick as he runs. They uh, are thick. Two C's. Speaking of uh, of of the slack and the patrons, um, got a couple of shout outs. Nice. Um one of ours is someone we've yet to meet, but we have all three of us have very a very close mutual friend with this person. <laughs> I'd loved I, I was I was elated see his name in the email when when um when it showed up but huge massive shout out glad he's still with us to mr max beckman
2: yes yes and and just to wrap it up in a tight little bow um i want to read a couple more patron suggestions uh tom kelly uh likes to see uh buffy in the marvel universe sure that would work very well right um let's see Chris Chavez had all the obvious answers, but they're all the right answers. Again, <laughs> Rom, Shogun Warriors, Micronauts, Godzilla. Uh boy, boy, boy. Uh Ghostbusters or Buck Rogers in the Marvel Universe. So Buck say it.
0: Rogers. That's that's a kind of like
2: that. that. Yeah. Aaron Gray, my God, that thing that woman mm-hmm. did things to <laughs> me. Oof. That was Flippa Dippa. Nice. Uh course. Brian Clark again says, Let's get some judges in the DC universe. That would be awesome. <laughs> Caleb Alexander McKenzie wants the gargoyles. Of, of course, course he does. does. <laughs> uh, specifically in the Marvel Universe, but he'd also be cool with Red Dwarf at DC. And uh, he, he strayed from the Big Two, which is cool. Witchblade and the Darkness would fit very well within the Mignolaverse. Uh, what else do we have here? District Nine. Chris Revickant says District 9 in the Marvel Universe. I was like, yes, yes. Woo! That's a good one. That's a smart answer. Uh Pete, Savage Dragon, policing the Marvel Universe. Spawn at DC. Gargoyles in the DCU. Everybody loves gargoyles. And uh this is this is the stinger, the rocketeer within the JSA timeline.
3: Wow.
2: Right? That's stupid obvious, but why didn't we think of it? Yeah,
0: that's good.
3: That is a great one. Uh,
2: Let's see. Um, Marvel owns the Ultraverse and Disney owns CrossGen. Christopher Burton said this. uh, From what I understand, Ultraverse integration sounds unlikely, but you never know. I'd like to see the Ultraverse come back to Marvel. That would be great. There were some some really cool characters within that. uh, For sure. uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah um you know alex mansfeld uh wants to see let's see the phantom the spider green hornet uh they could integrate into either the big two and i i would agree with that if if um dynamite wasn't doing such good work with a lot of those Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. but the phantom's timeless he could fit into any universe yep uh anthony g says back to the future franchise teamed up with dc speedsters that's cool i get that i completely get that uh and mike Delvecchio wants to see guts go toe-to-toe with conan <laughs> 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 that's cool yeah good stuff good stuff this was a lot of fun and this is it's what you was. it was this is what you get when when you become a slack member we just we throw shit like this against the wall a lot and we see what sticks and everybody plays along and we yeah, have we fun on it yeah. it it does it
3: it also reiterates the fact that when vince throws something out there
0: oh yeah why motherfucking replies why you got to go there
2: that's just i'm just saying people tripping people getting like like
3: they, yeah. will, it's, it's they not, will step next to get to Vince's.
2: Number one, opinion. it's not true. Number two, it's just unnecessary. How
3: can you mm-hmm. say it's not true? There's proof right here. Slack Dang. goes back far. It's
0: right here. It's but, true. Dap and I start a conversation. We get like two little icon <laughs> likes, maybe one reply.
3: I'm wondering if, I mean, I, I, I put is this thing on. I'm going
0: to get, ten, I, so we get ten I, new patrons. It's Slack down.
3: <laughs> it's true, right? Oh, but it's a question. Let me sign up. I, I I post something and I'm like, "Oh, I guess I, I guess the app just crapped out on everybody's phone today." I like, I don't I, what the fuck. <laughs> uh-huh. no, no big deal. I'll just be over here in the corner. Um okay. But I mean, it this it was a great it was a great topic. It was a great question uh which I think we kind of needed today because there were some yeah, uh, that I think maybe made some some end users, some some readers, some fans uh feel some kind of way and not quite sure. Yeah. thinkstan
2: do we do we broach that subject or oh hell yeah, we have to right uh no, well I mean, when this when we use
0: comics in months
2: yeah when we say we we mean you because my knowledge of this kind of machinations is minimal at best
0: well so Dapp was alluding to two things one that you actually brought up which which we don't have to spend a lot of time on because it's just kind of like a I guess it's just the next step and it seems to be a never-ending we've done the show for what 13 years and we've probably talked about DC and Marvel hiking their prices ten times, and wondered if enough was going to be enough. And the answer has always been no. It is. isn't. We complain, and then we kind of quietly all go about our business and buy the comics. Um, but uh, you had pointed out, and then it was picked up at a lot of places as being true with the new solicits that DC is um, attempting with a handful of titles uh, to make five ninety nine, so six bucks, the new um price point for a standard issue when i say standard i mean 40 pages to so 32 pages of story um for some of their better their premier titles
3: and, I, I just i mean and 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 we're gonna get into it and i don't i don't want to cut anything off but it it definitely it, it's i find this test to be if this is a test it's it's skewed right off the bat because the books that they're doing this primarily for as you'll explain are the bat books and the bat books are always going to fucking sell regardless of the price if, if if my shop could only sell batman books he would and and for and for dc to try this out on that family of titles you can't look at it and say oh this must mean what everybody's going to pay then for and that, that's not true try it on justice league try it on anything else and see if your fans are going to stick with it
0: right yeah yeah yeah, so so I mean, so that that's that was kind of like a bummer for people. People were like, "Oh, that sucks," um, you know. But I wouldn't say it was like, we I just have to see if it sticks." I mean, it's only a few titles. Maybe they try it and they decide it's not working. Who knows? But but then, as we're kind of debating all that today and saying, trying to figure out if it matters or not, uh, we got news that absolutely matters, and um, and that is that Marvel has officially left Diamond and has signed on an exclusive agreement with penguin random house as their new distributor for periodicals and graphic novels into the direct market um so they they as everybody knows dc left last year during the pandemic to start a new system that was the two new distributors started up one of which lunar is our good friends at the Merklers, and and fast forward to today the other distributor, which was Midtown, dropped out. So Lunar is now the exclusive distributor of DC Comics and has been for a while now. And Now Marvel has left Diamond. Um, and it's a big deal on a lot of levels. And and some of what we're going to discuss is conjecture because it just happened. Um, so no one can absolutely know what this means and how, how it happens. But we can be sure of a couple things. One, we can be sure that this is... And as much as DC leaving was a domino, Marvel leaving is is like, um, like the whole. This is there's going to be a hundred things that happen after this now. Like the, that, Diamond was seemingly able to, albeit with some measure of stress, survive DC's departure. And this is just my personal opinion, right? I haven't seen Diamond's books. I haven't seen anyone that would know diamonds financial situation come public with this yet it is my personal belief that this is the end of diamond as we knew it. I don't believe given what I would think is their cost structure and their capital structure and their their distribution network, they can survive without the big two. I, I it, it's more than half of, of all sales. So I just don't see it happening now. So so that that but that's just my supposition. Right. I don't like you know that that's purely my opinion. Um the other thing is not just that Marvel's leaving, but it's who they're leaving DC for. Now, Penguin Random House, many people probably know as, as, as the juggernaut in, in book distribution and publishing, and they are that. But they've already been – where this gets interesting is it's not like they're new to comics. They are already the, the distributor of graphic novels for uh, DC – for in certain markets, for Archie, IDW, Dark Horse, and Kodansha. So they're already in these markets. They already know the direct market. Many, many stores already have existing account relationships with Penguin Random House for graphic novels. A lot of the stores will check out Diamond stock and price, and they'll check out Penguin Random House stock and price. And if they can get it cheaper from one, they'll get it from them. So this isn't like a thing where they're going to have to convince all these stores, sign up convince them that they're someone worth doing business with and in most cases unless you're a small store you already likely have an account Now you may not have used that account more than a couple times a year to this point but you've already got everything set up the infrastructure's there so this can be a very quick changeover in fact so much so that um people can start ordering from uh from penguin random house uh in may for books that will be delivered in october may 26th is uh, the earliest solicited titles that go on sale for october 1st um now, Steve Jeppy, the owner of of Diamond, put out a statement midday saying that uh, it's very predictable. He said, "We we value our 40-year relationship with Marvel, and are pleased that we will continue selling Marvel products to the direct market and other channels." Now, <laughs> um, that is like Nero playing the fiddle as Rome burned. Because <laughs> um, here's what happened: as of to, as of today. Diamond is now a Marvel wholesaler. And um, what that means is they can buy books at wholesale from Marvel, but the discount that they get is vastly different. Now, I've seen a couple different numbers, but for the sake of it, it sounds like it's about 7.5% difference. So that means if you're a store and you're having to deal with Diamond, yeah, you can still use Diamond to buy your Marvel books. But here's the thing. You're going to pay 5-7.5% to more than you were paying now, and and this is the other thing, and you're going to get your Marvel P- Marvel monthly, month, uh, Marvel single issues a week after people that go through PR uh, Penguin Random House. So, you know, if you're in a city like Chicago or San Fran, and there's seven, eight stores, you know, like if you're our friends at Challengers in Chicago, if they use PRM, the X-Men number 25 is going to be on the shelves on Wednesday, and if you're another store in Chicago that says stick with Diamond, you're, you're not going to have that X-Men book until the subsequent Wednesday. So, <laughs> it just seems to me like, unless you're just absolutely lazy or disorganized, or just don't want to even consider having multiple distributors to order from, you're going to leave Diamond. Uh, so, I don't see that happening. Now, the other big thing, and this is where it's actually most pertinent to us, meaning, like, the EOC community, um, it is fully understood that Diamond has always used a tiered pricing system. So the more you buy from them, the steeper – and this is the stores. The more the store orders from Diamond, the bigger your discount. So if you're like a tiny little store like the one in my, in my, my near next to my grocery store here in town, it's a very small shop, I presume he's at the lowest discount, which I believe – and someone can correct me if I'm wrong because I don't have these numbers, but I believe it to be true – is 37%. So that means like Kinelon Comic Store – when they order from Diamond, they get thirty-seven percent off cover price, right? Well, here's the issue: <laughs> the big boys, your midtowns, DCBSs, they get fifty-nine percent discounts from Diamond. So, you know, if if the Merculers buy a three-dollar comic, if it's so, if it's a three-dollar comic, they're basically getting it for you know, um, like ninety cents, right? There's a lot of wiggle room when you're getting a book for 90 cents in terms of being able to sell it at a deep discount and and out outprice your local competitors. Well, what Penguin Random House is doing, and of course, all this is subject to change as the market evolves. I mean, they, have, they they haven't even opened up their awning yet, but the but the stated plan for now is 50% discount flat. So whether you're the lowest tier retailer or the highest tier, you're getting 50% off Marvel books. Now, some of you might be rolling your eyes back and saying, well, who really cares? Well, it's huge because what this really means is, effectively, as it's structured currently, the small stores just got incredibly great news. So, like, I don't know, like the store you go to DAP or the one you go to Vince. Like, let's say they're at, like, the 42% discount tier right now. Well, they're suddenly getting 8% more off their books. And the other big thing with Rent House is that includes shipping. So now, anytime they got to do a reorder or a book gets damaged, and they have to have some, they that's all covered in this price. So they just got a huge bump in their profit margin. But the big stores, the big city stores, the ones in LA and cat, like the ones that actually sell the most comics, that are like 70% of the market, they're having their margins squeezed, including our friends at DCBS. So again, this this news broke today. So and we know that DCBS and everybody are very adept business people. So maybe they have negotiations, whatever. But as it stands now, the discount that Midtown and DCBS and the other big shops across the country are getting went down about 10%. It's like 10% more expensive for them now to get their books from Marvel than it was yesterday. And like that's a huge deal in a market where basically your profit margin is a few percent. Like, if you run a good, if you run a good comic business, your profit margin a few percent. So what does this mean? Well, if nothing changes from here, this means that your big online shops, including our good friends, long-time sponsors, are probably going to have to change their discounts to, to end customers. Because they just won't be able to make it work. Now, the question is, how much do they change it? Do they eat part of the profit? Do they put, like, that's to be determined, and I haven't an, haven't. I figure we'll we'll find out when when they're ready to tell us, but it's a big deal, and where where I really worry this could backfire is that like Amazon, you know, most of us are Prime members now. You can get almost any collected edition off Amazon very quickly, overnight shipping. But like direct discounts are usually capped at like thirty five, thirty seven percent. So if you know if you're in stocks, if you're Midtowns, if they can't sell. You and Omnibu for 45% off, and they can only sell it to you for 35% off. How many people are just going to order from Amazon now? Right? Like, 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 what's the then where's the like? You're not getting any like other than maybe loyalty, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to be price competitive. So, this has a lot of plate tectonics that could really change things for us, like specifically, like selfishly. And then the last part, and this part I brought up last because it's the part we just don't know yet, is what this will mean if I'm right about diamond being impaired for all the other publishers, you know, um, it's no secret that the vast majority of stuff that I've enjoyed in the last year or two have been non big two stuff. I know I'm not alone out there. What does this mean for, you know, like Chris Pitzer chimed into the Facebook group today and he's, you know, kind of like with some dejected reaction and, you know, we heard from some other smaller publishers out on the internet today about how they're scared about what this means for them. And, You know, then you get the middle tier publishers like your images and your booms and your IDWs. Now, I have no inside information from any of those publishers, but if I were the CEOs of those or the publishers of those companies, I would be on the phone right now with Penguin Random House or Lunar or both saying, can we work a deal? Because I don't want to be stuck at Diamond if Diamond Diamond goes under or gets – I don't want to be stuck with Diamond having months of my inventory. I don't want to be stuck with Diamond having – a broken distribution network, but I'm on the hook for them getting my books to people, and and me, you know, having like losing money on that. I want to get in front of this, and so I think what's likely to happen is your, the other key, you know, t- top tier publishers, your Boom, your IDW, your Dark Horse, your Image, will, if they're not already, will find alternative distribution like in very short order, like in the next month or two. I would expect well, at least a number of them, Image probably at the top of the list, finding another place. And again, whether it's Lunar or Penguin Random House or someone else, I don't know. But I I do think that is going to happen, and I think it probably needs to happen. And then finally, what does it mean for retailers? Well, I think it's actually a good thing, potentially, because I think that the – and, you know, Dap, you touched on this. Like, the shipping issues have been killing the retailers, yeah. Especially post-COVID. Like, I, again, I don't know if it's because Diamond has worse finances or whatever, but but like shipping has become a major, major problem for retailers, large and small. And I think if you're to believe what Penguin Miranda House is saying, that goes away, both in terms of cost certainty and logistics. They have a much larger, more developed distribution network because they distribute hundreds of thousands of, of, of books as well already. Um, so I think that that's good news. So I think if you're a smaller retailer who is getting less than a 50% discount, this is probably a day you're thrilled about because I doubt many places, I most, I would imagine most shops, their top profit center is still Marvel Comics. If you're the big boys and the ones that we rely upon for like deep discounts mail order, I think this is a very stressful day. And thus it may be very stressful for us in a month or two when it comes to figuring out what our orders are going to look like, right? So there you go. I know it was a long-winded dump, but I wanted. To no,
2: get it was that. necessary. Yeah. And and you know, you speak the language of of uh, common sense, uh, and you make things very clear. Because I don't, I, I I have no, I have very little capacity for this kind of stuff. All I wonder is how is this going to, what is this going to mean to me in a couple right. of months? Um, I will not shed a tear for Diamond should they dissolve. Because I don't think Diamond shed a tear when they dissolved Capital City, right? Nope. I mean, that's just rules of engagement. You, you defeat your foe and you move on, right? So, um, and, and D- Diamond has held stores hostage with their, 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 their policies and their, their treatment of customers. Like, I'm not saying that they're a horrible company. But the, from a lot of the stories I've heard about, you know, interdepartmental uh, relations was really bad. Uh, stores would be waiting for things they would get uh copies of of missing copies or damaged copies and it would have to be and look what they're doing to uh what we think they're doing at DCBS and in stock with their their you know withholding things just yeah. to just to put a freaking wrinkle in their their uh their bedspread so i i don't know but anyway i'm guessing that my practice of ordering two Marvel omnibus will be whittled down to the one I really want because I'm not yep. getting 50% off anymore. I'm getting maybe 38 to 40. So, eh, you know, if I have to pick and choose, who cares? Uh, I, again, uh, we have more than enough stuff to read for the rest of our lives. This is what yep. mm-hmm. the, the DC news is particularly um, impactful to me because I think DC is forgetting the fact that, they could do things like this when comic books and radio and television were like the main sources of, of <laughs> distraction. But now kids today, and I don't even know if kids buy comics, but that's another story. Uh, people today are afforded an amazing array of, of sources for their entertainment. Comic books not being within the top five so uh, or even ten. So I think DC is playing with fire here. By pricing themselves out of the realm of curious parties and just totally pissing off their longtime readers. So, if again, if this doesn't work for DC, I'm not going to shed a tear. There's plenty of publishers out there worthy of my money. So, I, I just don't understand what they what the, uh, intend to prove with this. Nobody in their right mind, aside from Mike Myers, is going to pay $6 for a friggin' <laughs> comic <laughs> book. <laughs> it's just not happening are you guys going to pay it? Hell no. No. No, I mean I have been very much
0: transitioning to digital using their unlimiteds. And, and that's the thing I really do wonder. You know, I have said this I said it when Christina was on. I I I think that the DC pricing and 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 this Marvel news are all just two more pieces as I see it in this rubric that says to me the the direct market as we know it is 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 not going to be to exist in in five years and i'm again i'm not saying the sky is falling i think comics and even periodicals like this news is great news for periodicals right like one of the world's largest and oldest book distributors who doesn't you know comics the entirety of the comics market is a blip in terms of their total sales felt that the that that distributing floppies was a good enough business to go into business with marvel right like that's you have to read that as an absolute positive endorsement that fear that the comic is going away is is overdone. Like because Penguin at Random House isn't doing this as some like smoke and mirrors for three months. You know, they they're they're obviously gonna do this thinking that they can make a lot of money doing it for a lot of years. So that's a very positive in terms of the idea that the issues aren't gonna go away. Um but I think that the the and DC in particular, because of who owns them, ATT, I think I'm I, I am the the opinion as you know I have been for some time that &;T seriously questions the idea of comic stores like I, I think they don't get it I think it's tiny for them I think that they 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 have tens of billions of dollars of debt they took on to buy time Warner and they're regretting it and and they're looking to cut costs and quote-unquote streamline things so I just still wouldn't be surprised if that all the things that DC has done in terms of leaving diamond and working with, with Lunar and Midtown and so forth and so on, isn't all just a, a steady move away from the direct market in its entirety, where they want to just publish collected editions in, in the book markets and uh, and digital. Now, Marvel, I think, is different. I think Marvel, this agreement, says otherwise. I think Marvel very much about wants to continue to sell issues. Um, but I think that the question I have to ask is, if like you're going to charge 6 bucks for an issue, why shouldn't I subscribe to to DC Universe or Marvel Unlimited for a couple bucks a month and get all these comics and just wait three months. Like, why shouldn't I? Like, right. Like, you know, if, if, like, I understand there's, we all love the paper, we love to hold the book, but like, if you're making it like a choice of, it's going to cost me, you know, it's going to cost me <laughs> for the price of one comic now, I could just have every comic you've ever published. <laughs> like,
2: like that's a, that's, you're kind it's, of begging me to yeah. choose the unlimited. Right? It's a no like, brainer. Yeah. yeah. And, right? and let's be totally honest. How much of, how many of those comics that you could read digitally are actually worth owning in, in physical form? Right. Like yeah. you have your grades. Oh, I, I have
0: tens of thousands of comics in my house that I'd love to get rid of. Just for sure. that reason. It's like, exactly. I, right. I don't know why I own them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I, but see, I, I may be old and sentimental, but and this is definitely triggered by my watching of The Last Blockbuster on Netflix. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I need it, to. It's an it's it's an amazing documentary, but it stresses the fact that there was once a time when these stores that rented movies were gathering places for groups of like minded individuals. Right, You could go into a blockbuster and look for a movie and run into somebody you knew and talk about movies and, and discuss things and pal around and just meet other people and just be with people. I think that's what the comic book shop is and was. For that to go away would be soul crushing for, yes. uh, for our species, I think. And, and I, I totally admit that comic book shops are a very, very small facet of of commerce right but to have another outlet for people to actually meet in person and slap somebody on the back what's up my man how you doing oh this is your wife never met your wife what do you like i don't read comics but my husband's trying to me to get me into them and he just gave me this harley quinn oh i read that that's awesome you know what i mean like just to have actual human beings in a physical space Share ideas and emotions, and it, it, th- we need this. Comic shops can't go away. It's just one more step towards us being totally isolated beings without any kind of emotional attachment to anything other than ourselves. You need these places. I, and again, this may be just uh, uh, my tenure on this planet has reached a point where I I admit that I need other people, Right? Uh, and I think you know that's going to be a commonplace feeling when 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 the, the the comic book shops go away and the the record shops go away and the you know and Amazon controls everything and we order our mushrooms and and frozen pizza from Amazon and they just deliver them like there's no interaction anymore. It's sad and pathetic that we've evolved to this point. I, I really think that th- th- we're, there's going to be a point where we look back and say fuck, we need all that shit. I'm not gonna buy my sneakers from Amazon. I'm gonna go to the the shoe place where I can actually interact with someone and maybe meet a girl or a guy, right? It's whatever. It's just it's it's saddening to think that the, the comic book shop could go the way of, of the blockbuster and it, 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 it would destroy a lot of stuff. Whatever. Don't watch don't, the blockbuster I, I documentary if you if you don't want to get choked up, because I mean if you remember going to those stores, this the, I think the, the 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 documentary will really get you feeling some kind of way.
3: Yeah, I think I think my wife was a manager of one uh, in the Bronx, but yeah, I mean I I had my membership. I there was a um, the. The little strip mall that's got the Panera and the subway and, and now a Mo's right next to it. That that the, the big building at the end of that strip was a blockbuster. For the longest time, the, you could still see the uh the pattern left from the weather from uh from from the sign outside on the building.
2: Yeah. And look at all the popular businesses. Like the the real, real the big moneymakers, Starbucks. Nobody lingers into Starbucks. They they're there to Wait, just to what? get I'm just saying That's all people do Is they linger in Starbucks Before that,
0: COVID The people work; They spent their whole day Working there They just chilled out And worked with their see, laptop Set up the Wi-Fi Well maybe
2: Pennsylvania Is different Because I just see People go into Starbucks Come out with their coffees And leave Well you can't compare it To COVID I mean No I don't mean I'm just saying the, the Oh bro-
0: no, I, no I mean I think One of the reasons Starbucks is so successful Is that people Hang about I mean they were One of the first Major retailers To offer free Wi-Fi To everybody And I mean, McDonald's does that, Yeah and they hey, but not, but because of Starbucks, McDonald's started selling coffee and offered Wi-Fi because of Starbucks. Like nice that's the point. Like, but my point is, is like I, I don't know. I think they hang out. I, I hear what you're saying on the nostalgia, but I, I get lost in the idea that I think we overdo that in the sense that consumers have the choice. Like we didn't have to start going to Amazon. We went to Amazon because we felt it was a better deal for us. Right. It wasn't like Amazon put guns to all of the bookstores' heads and said, "Hey." you got to close down, and it was like some real estate tycoon buying up the property. They started selling you the same product, and you thought, well, yeah, I, I kind of like going to Walden Books, but like I could buy this book, send it to my home, and it's going to cost me 40% less. I'm down for that. Like, I get it. I totally
2: get it. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I think there's going to be a point when we're all Charlton Heston on the fucking beach in Planet of the Apes looking up at the destruction <laughs> of the, of the, the you know, Statue of Liberty saying, what did we do? We blew it up. Like, okay, I saved six dollars on this book. To what end? I didn't meet anybody when I when I when I picked it up. I didn't talk to the the awesome girl behind the counter. I didn't run into Jimmy, who I went to school with, who now is an architect. Like, I, none of that. I just pressed a button and I got it delivered to my house. I, I
0: it... yeah. I guess your presumption is that like. People don't find other ways or adapt in how they meet people. No, which they certainly do. I mean, and and
2: I, we are, uh, you know, we're we're a, a social yeah. organism, and, and a lot of that's going to get lost. I, I, I like the I see. There's a you lot of people who like meet each other at Walmart. Not the kind of people I want to meet, but you know. <laughs> well, okay, but now you That's not what you're. That's not the point you were making. No, but GameStop. They're going the way of the dodo too. There's a couple gamestops in our area that have just closed. Like that's that was a meeting place. That was a gathering place for Wait, what? Yeah,
0: gamestops have gamestop has been one of the poorest run retailers for a decade. And yeah. it was a place where there were tchotchkes and video games, and it, that that was not a place people hung out. That was a place where, like, some ridiculous video game nerds maybe went occasionally to hang out. But like, that was not a place for, like, the end of GameStop does not mean that that generation is incapable of making friends with one another. Like, that's ridiculous.
2: In a, in a physical way? Where else are they going to go? If you want to go buy a game, you're not going to hang out at Walmart. Games existed. Before video games existed, where do they go? They went to the arcades. arcades. Oh,
0: no, the arcades are going away because of home, home consoles. No one's ever going to meet each other again. Oh, now they're meeting. I mean, of course. Dude, Pete like... So people are social creatures. They meet each other in all kinds of places. When we were kids, everybody went to the malls and then malls okay. It's gonna be yeah. yeah, they meet each other all other kinds of places, dude. Like that's crazy. I don't like you have you have teenage and twenty year old kids. Like, do you feel like your kids are incapable of meeting other people? I don't I they're they have no issues with that. And of course I'm talking pre-COVID, but like I don't. I don't see that. I. I think that's romanticizing a broken business model.
2: I. I just think we live in very, very different areas because there's no place to go, here, for kids. What the malls are are well, now I, again post uh, pre COVID the malls are all they got maybe like four stores, you know. In in our one mall the other mall is, is like a, a dungeon. There's nobody there. There's there's no parks. There's no, uh, you know, preteen. Whatever. When I was uh, in high school, we had these 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 dance places where you can some DJ would be playing, blah blah blah. No alcohol. You know, you just go and you dance and blah blah blah, and you meet people. There's nothing like that here now. Like, there's nowhere for kids to go. They they go to the the, the reservoir and they drink beer and throw bottles at stones. Like that's <laughs> that's again rural yeah. Pennsylvania. That's what yeah. you know. Well, it's either that or I guess barn raising, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, this, uh, uh, butter turning It's not a hub, but anyway. So there you go. No, I know.
3: I I I do. It's. I was trying to think about, but I guess niche businesses would have those people. Like I, I don't know about any gun stores. People just kind of like if, if if you're a regular gun store customer. Oh, we got a lot go of go them around. The, right. Yeah. So do they kind of you know? Is it like every other Wednesday they come in and just shoot the shit with the owner or the dudes who are buying rounds? I don't I know. I don't know. But at least with yeah. the comic shop, I've. I mean, yeah, if somebody's double-parked, they'll run in, grab their books, and get out. But I have yet to be in a comic shop and and watching people interact with the owner, interact with other customers. It's, it, it is. it It's a very communal place, and, and it, 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 it's not – I mean, obviously, you can do that at bars. Well, it's a ritual what I'm saying
0: it's is comic shops are all – like, almost from the day they started, they don't fit into this category because, like, Blockbuster and bookstores like Walden Books, they were chains – Meant yep. to sell you one thing and not actually designed for social interaction. They were not now there may have been some social interaction as people were there meandering, but that wasn't their design. They, they but comic stores have always been niche. I mean, comic stores have we've always had this fraternal um, feeling towards one another because there's been this perception that but for the direct market, comics wouldn't have existed because they got kicked out of the, the they got kicked off the shelves of regular stores. So like they've already evolved in the same way that there are places you can buy vinyl records now. And there are places you can go and have coffee and places where you can go out of wine. Like, like they, they are niche. The ones that exist now are places that are meant to have some kind of social interaction. And so that I say is that that doesn't go away. Like you, like Dap, you, you, you are a living example of that. As are many of our listeners that you, you spend a portion of your monthly comics budget Spending more per issue than you would if you just order from DCPS because right. you like the experience of going into the shop and supporting a local business yep. and interacting with the owner and the people and seeing the stuff and getting the smell and the feel and the taste. And that's perfectly reasonable. Like, But you're making that decision. And if yes. enough people – that go to these stores feel that it's worth it, they will continue to go to them regardless of what happens with distributors or pricing. My point is that I hate when people try and say that, oh, they're going to go out of business like bookstores did, or like, no, they went out of business because they didn't adapt fast enough to deal with what the average person thought was a better value proposition. It's like Walmart. I don't personally go to Walmart very often. But the reason Walmart is the largest retailer in the country is not because of some great corporate takeover where they bulldozed all the mom and pops. It's because they were able to come into these towns and offer average Americans who are on a budget and live paycheck to paycheck way more affordable, high-quality items in a clean, safe environment. Like That's why they are powerhouse, because... They gave people what they wanted. Like, it's very easy for us to sit and say, like, oh, small business, you know, Saturday, like, like fuck the Walmart. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. It's easy for you to say fuck the Walmart because you have enough disposable income that you can likely pay a premium to support your local business, and that's great. But for most people, if they can buy a bag of potato chips for 80 cents instead of a buck 10, they're going to fucking buy the 80 cents because they don't have the extra 30 cents. They can use that for something else. So it's like, My thing is, like, I don't think comics at all are like that. I think if you're buying comics in 2021, you are already in a certain economic situation where you are more than comfortable spending disposable income on something you know is overpriced, but you have love for it. Yeah. So, like, I just don't think stores are in danger from this. I think they're they're only in danger if they don't if they're completely backward thinking. Like I think this is all fine for stores. Like I said, I think 70% of stores looked at today's news as great news because they're going to actually make more money now. Like they're, like, they're going to make more money, like they're 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 going to get better shipping, easier pricing and and more margin. Like it's only the big guys like like the merklers and that are, you know, feeling pain from this. I mean, I, so I think it's good news for Comics on the green, and I, I don't remember the name of your store, Dad, but like, I yeah, I think it's good news for those guys. And I'm sure you're going to go in this week, and I'd love to hear his thoughts. Like, I, mm-hmm. I reached out to uh, to Pat Brower, to Challengers, to get his thoughts, and he um, you know, he said they were still digesting it, you know, like he, so he was going to have more thoughts later in the week, but but that um, he did tell me that they have a relationship already with Penguin Random House because Diamond for a long time has charged a three percent restock on graphic novels. So most stores, if you do enough volume, they, they all look to places like Hachette for some books and for Penguin Random House already. So he said, like, they already have a relationship with them. It's actually going to be easier for them to make the Marvel transition than it was to make the DC transition because, you know, Lunar was a was a, a new company. They, they didn't have any, you know, there was no preexisting process for them to deal with them before. And, and so that was a bit of a learning curve. But so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think this is, super interesting news. I think it's actually, it's, it's, I'm, I'm only worried in it in the extent that like, if, if diamond really does like crumble to the small publishers feel like they're kind of out in the, you know, in the, in the ether for a while. And I hope that they're not like, I hope that the Lunars and the penguin random houses of the world really make it easy financially and operationally to get these other publishers on their platforms.
2: Yeah. Well, there you go. I was gonna
3: send um, Yori a text this afternoon, but I figured I'll um when I'm out getting dinner tomorrow, I'll probably pop in if he's there. But or we'll just have a longer conversation later. But um, yeah, I know. I mean, he's he was happy. He was happy when 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 Lunar became when when Midtown stopped, and uh, he can only get his his DC books from Lunar. He was he, you know it. it would have taken him some time to to learn the two systems, but um, he's been happy with Lunar with 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 the logistics of it all. Diamond, you know, they're either shorting him or you know they'll get a credit. It it's just it's it seems from from his experience from what he tells me, it just seems as though Diamond did not care about their customers, the the shops. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't care in the sense that oh, it sucks that you know this is a hassle for you to order or make sure you get what you ordered, and that uh, it, it, Diamond didn't seem to care if a shop survived, and 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 that's that's just I just think it's a shitty outlook, period. But but mm-hmm. when why would you, why do you want to lose customers? Like that's that it, if if a shop goes under, you're not. you're you're, you've lost revenue from them and i don't see why that that would be not necessarily celebrated but why would you not assist these small guys because it it, it's not it it just i don't know too many industries that 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 kind of just like i I guess it's its own it's just that they don't we don't and and yeah a lot of times fans feel readers feel like oh it's you know it's up to us to, it's it, maybe you may feel like you want to support certain creators but but it's not up to you to prop up the companies you said it all the time jace you know it's not like if if a shop goes out of business because they're they're lousy at business that's not on you and and you shouldn't feel guilty because they went away because they couldn't handle their shit you did what you could you spent your money there when you could but that's not it's not it's not your responsibility to keep them in business
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, that's where I am with all these things. I mean, and and by the way, my 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 take on the bookstore, like my aunt, like was amazon. she she and her husband had a bookstore in Aspen, Colorado, and it was a small bookstore. and it was quirky and, you know, it packed packed from from floor to ceiling. It's the kind of place we'd love if we walked in it, it and 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 they just couldn't compete, you know, because they were too small to have massive inventory and and they had to close up. and um, so like I, I, on a personal level, that that definitely sucks. But, like, I always think to myself, like, we make choices, and, and sometimes I think what gets lost is the idea that price is all that matters. Like, price doesn't isn't all that matters. If price is all that matters, 100% of people would order from DCBS, right? Like, right? I mean, like, honestly, if, if, if price of comic was the only consideration, every American comic reader would order comics from DCBS because you're not getting cheaper periodical comics in this country – even with the shipping than through DCPS, full stop, like unless you own a store. So clearly like there are still thousands of comic stores 20 years into DCPS existing. So it's not always just about that. But like my point is if you're a small businessman, like it's your job to figure out if you can't win on price, what else can you win on? Right. And so you can win by having a really great looking store you can win by selling toys and card games too you can win by having a coffee shop connected to your store you can win by having you know a game room attached to your store you can win by having like a loyalty program or contests or a live podcast every like there's lots of you know what i mean like you and and peep stores are doing that and they're staying alive and they're th- and they're thriving like the challenger's guy said that this like but for Coming out of COVID, like, it, it's the best business has ever been, like, in Chicago. Like, they're selling more comics now than they've ever sold. So, you know, like, it isn't just about price, but I don't ever have any empathy for businesses that go under because, and then they blame price. Because if it's just about price, then then you shouldn't exist, right? Like, because you can't win that war. But we see that thousands of, of awesome comic stores have found a way to give enough people Value beyond the price, right? Like, I don't know. Dap, do you like? Can do I assume he has some kind of discount program at a store if you yes. buy enough? Yeah. What is it? Ten percent? It's uh, it's Roughly. ten. Okay. If uh, it's
3: ten for a couple of books, if you get five or more, you get the previews for free, and I think okay, so up, yeah, it it goes up to fifteen percent.
0: Okay, so so perfect example, fifteen percent, like.
3: And it was it was twenty until, and until the split last year until DC broke off.
0: Right. And I think that's the one thing is is depending on where your store is and your discount with Diamond, do they have to change that? Like I had a, a, another person, I, I don't know if they're OK with me sharing who they are. So uh, not not challengers, but another store owner said that uh, that they based on the 50 percent, they would likely have to stop giving 10 percent discounts to to existing customers. And, you know. And that they're worried about that, and I get that, right? Like, so, so I'm. It just depends on who you're. That depends right now where you were in the chain, you know. And and yeah, do you want to argue that it seems weird that 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 Marvel would basically seemingly punish their largest customers and reward their smallest? Yeah, but like that's business too, right? Penguin Random House is as big as Marvel, so they probably said, "Listen, we're not going to fucks with tiers and like messing with like, oh, are you moving into a different tier? Like we're gonna everyone's fifty percent." and shipping's included like it's very simple right like i can see them saying like you want us to distribute for you cool but like we're not fucking with all this diamond stuff like 50 percent across the board i don't care how big or small you are minimum threshold and that's that right and so yeah you know the big boys need to adjust now yeah. now the question we have to ask ourselves is and i have to ask myself this i mean i, I i've spent an ungodly amount of money through it if 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 dcbs is you know Fifteen percent. I probably it's ten percent more expensive now to order the stuff I order. Will that change my habits? Since I have no interest in going to a store and buying physical book, it's not likely to change my habits. In that I'm not going to like use them. But like you alluded, Dap, I it'll probably mean that I order a few less things. Right. You know, like that's all. Like so, whatever. If you have a two hundred dollar monthly budget uh, or whatever your budget is, it just means you're going to get a few less items. Would be my guess and like, and that's,
3: go like
1: ahead. you two have like
0: i know both of you have your own specific kind of like monthly budget with these you try and stick under so my my point to you both is if if two months from now we get an email saying hey y'all know what's happening price is going to go up 8% i presume what you're going to do is just if you're ordering 150 bucks a month you're going to order 150 bucks it's just you're going to get 8% less right or yeah, is going to change your habits no entirely?
3: well it's I don't want to say entirely because my habits have have been changing somewhat and and i i know vincent i've discussed this in the past as well where i you know i'll there are we we, we've said it it's not it's not hyperbole seriously it's it's like we have plenty to read if if i didn't buy anything for three months i wouldn't i wouldn't notice and if um aside from going to the shopping and picking up new things but but there i got plenty to read and if if and it happened this month because I was I was hemming and hawing about a couple of things, and one of them being the Columnibus and and I was so close. It was in my cart for the longest time, and I just I finally said no because if if it's something I'm going to need, if if, if I need this, if I feel the need to read this, unless we decided hey it was going to be a book of the month, but if 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 I felt an urge that I had to actually have this, you guys talk about it or or, or I see something and I'm like it has to be mine. I'll get it later. But as I was looking over my order, I was like, when I get this box and I open it up, what things am I going to, what's, what is everything going to wrestle to be the first mm-hmm. thing I read? And, and then I think about what else is on tap that I still have to read. So, so, so last night's order that I finally put in for this month, it, it was, it was less than it has been the past few months. And that's fine because I know this month mu- in April. Um, there's a uh, th- there there's a couple of things. There's only a couple right. of things in the DC book. So so there are things that are going to be a little expensive probably for me next month.
0: But but, but that's not like related to a price increase. That's no no mean, it isn't. Yeah. So
3: it is it has been. But but yes if I mean I'm I'm not getting as many singles these days, uh, and that's fine. If if they want to increase, I mean, without discounts, if, as DC is doing with some of their books, that it's 40 pages for for six bucks. I'm going. I'm I'm basically holding off and i'll just i'll get the collection so so yeah that that's not that's still part of the whole changing of my habits but um i would still i'd still be spending no i would not i would not buy the same amount of books
0: that would end up costing me more i would stay under whatever budget i had are you in the same camp vince like i know you have a budget with dcps so would it just be that Uh, you're gonna buy like like just fewer items but like if it's two hundred, are you going to still order two hundred? But it's just going to mean that you're getting a couple few fewer things.
2: No, I go about two fifty. I don't like to go over that. No, right? Uh, yeah, I'm
0: saying like, yeah, and and I'm I I don't want people to listen to this and to be like, oh, Jason talked to Christina. They're going to raise their prices. I haven't had that conversation. Right. And 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 I, it's entirely possible because we know that there are no one. There's no one better in this business on the business side than the Merkler's. Right. So like for all I know, they could be working a deal right now, saying like maybe you don't realize how much we actually sell for you this is the discount we need or maybe they're going to be a whole like i don't know like like so for all i know we could get an email in a week saying hey great news no changes because we're awesome and like cool but i'm just saying like hypothetically since you like yes you spent 250 like if 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 prices go up eight ten percent across the board and there's just nothing they can do about it does that change your behavior in any way
2: probably not because the only i don't buy marvel singles i don't buy dc singles so um, let's just tackle the DC side first. If if yeah. the 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 books do go up to six bucks and the collected editions reflect that price increase in the singles, DC will be effectively dead to me because mm-hmm. I, I I'm not playing that game. Um, the Marvel stuff, yeah, that would make like a trade, like thirty bucks, right? Right. No, I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Yeah. Uh, but the in the Marvel stuff, I I have a soft spot for the bronze omnibus editions, and sure. I will like this call. I have to have this because it that's a sweet spot for me. Yep. I I need them. So yeah, I will drop maybe a couple things to 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 get that second omnibus in there, or not. Right, depending on the offerings for the month. But I do give preference to the bronze Marvel stuff. I'm not going to buy trades or collected editions of the X-Men stuff. It's just that little tiny window that Marvel has captivated me with their omnibuses. So I will make room for those. Will I get a Berserk collected edition or will I get a Marvel omnibus? Chances are really good I'm going to skew towards the Marvel omnibus because it's Bronze Age stuff that matters to me um above all else but mm-hmm. I, you know if i will be very reluctant to try if the, if a new um immortal hulk comes along like i'll finish the immortal hulk run in the in the right. the book uh, collections but if a new series comes along and everybody's like oh man this is the shit and the trades reflect the prices of the increased issues and or are 10% higher than i would have paid in the past probably not i won't buy them i mm-hmm. probably i probably won't because again do i really need them i don't know not really yeah i mean
0: it's interesting because i just looked to just double check so we almost we get we currently get fifth generally we get 50 percent off yeah those marvel omni booze if we pre-order yeah. if we go through yeah. Don- now in stock trades which is also part of the same well there it's a separate company but it's the same in stock trades, their standard is you get 42% off, but that's different because these are books that are already out, so they've had to, they they've taken inventory risk, right? Like they've already ordered the books, so they have them. So Marvel Omnibus yeah, 42% off. What?
2: No, yeah, I just said answer. I said in theory.
0: Yeah. Right. No, I'm saying, but like like right now, you could order any Marvel Omnibus on their site that they have in stock for 42% off. But right. you could have ordered it for 50% if you were willing to pre-order. I'm looking on Amazon, like Amazon's discounts, man, they vary. You know, they're obviously yeah. much, much smarter and they, they're like a very they obviously have trillions and trillions of scientists that figure out this pricing. But like Savage Sword Volume Four Omniboo is twenty eight percent off right now. You know? The the call omnibu is pre ordered. There's no discount listed. But it you know, but you get the you will get whatever discount it is when they when they price. And it's usually I think around thirty five percent, thirty seven percent. Yeah. So like that's the interesting thing i mean in essence you're still going to be cheaper getting it from your cheap graphic novel or your in stock most right, likely right. you know and um, I, I
2: think the pricing structure on marvel's omnibus editions is just crazy to begin with there's for this call omnibus there's no way it's worth 125 bucks i i'm, I'm comfortable paying 62 how many pages Right, and it's not a high page count. It doesn't go over 1,000 like a lot of them do. It's like in the 700 range, 7-something, seven 800 around there, which I think is not a gigantic omnibus. It's a decent-sized yeah. one, right? But, I mean, we've seen omnibuses that you can't even put on your lap because they're so freaking thick.
0: 952. 952 pages.
2: Well, that's that's altered because that's not what it was in um, the, the Marvel uh, previews. It was... Not that I'm high. just
0: going by the uh, ISBN on. Uh, well, that's good I then.
2: It. That's good because I, I, I mean it. I'm not. I like when they get a high page count because I mean you're getting yeah. value for your dollar, right? But I mean there have been some Marvel omnibus that are like the, the hundred and a quarter and really sixty-two, seventy, seventy dollars. That's the sweet spot for those books. I'm perfectly comfortable paying that that price for them.
0: Sure. Yeah, because how many issues we're talking? So it's
2: like. 17,
0: 18. It's it's a few. Yeah. Oh, way more
2: than that. This is. No, some of them go up to like 30, 40 issues. Right. But anyway, let's let's drive this bus home because speaking of DCBService.com, wow, you can get your books getting fast and get delivered right to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. Invincible Red Sonia is coming from Dynamite from our buddies Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. You're gonna pay a dollar ninety nine for that. Marjorie Finnegan, temporal criminal number one, Garth Ennis, Gorn Suzuka from Upshot, again, $1.99. And that thing we just mentioned from Marvel, the Cull, the Destroyer omnibus is going to uh, cost you $62.50. That's 50% off. Get them now. Uh, in your travels, we have a recurring thread on not only our Slack, but on the Facebook thing. Best thing you read all week. Right? This book right here is the best thing I read all month. Oof. Mm. Yeah. It's written by Hack and Tim Seeley. Illustrated by Freddie Williams II with color art by Jeremy Caldwell. I pushed this book before it even came out. It's called The Bequest. It's good old-fashioned fantasy fun. It hits the sweet spot amazingly well. It takes place in a realm called Tangia, uh, specifically a place called the Ruins of Ardenvast. There's a lot of jargon in this book, right? Um, There's a, a war party that are pillaging the lair of an elder dragon, and the dragon's name is Veristine Cole. But the dragon hasn't been spotted in months, right? AWOL. So they're very willing to enter the dragon's lair to scoop up any riches they may find. And the war party is comprised of Marmont, a dwarven bone crusher. You got Warlock Garthod. Can you mute? Sorry. Yes. Warlock. sorry. That's all right. Warlock Garthod, who's a human mercenary uh, leader of the war party. You got a a wood sprite named Billy Uft Imp, who's a member of the Assassin's Guild. Like this is classic D&D stuff. Gerald Fane is a half-elf member of the Wizards Guild. You have a knight elf named Credux Charme. So they go into this this dragon's lair, expecting to just, you know, scoop up the the, the wealth. They're, they fight uh, undead skeleton warriors. They fight caustic wraiths. It's traditional D and D stuff, right? This is not uncommon. But here's the the twist: they're going through this this lair and they stumble upon. A jackhammer, a, like a, something you would not be surprised to see being used by construction workers on any city street in our reality. But here it is in this this fantasy realm. Like, what the hell's going on? They they look at it, they don't know what to make of it. They think it's a vile golem thing, and they they beat the, <laughs> they beat the shit out of it. Um, That's funny. But the plan quickly goes south because um, Veristine Cole is very much at home. Um, uh, So you have an elder dragon that's of evil alignment, but she's being bled of her magics by beings from our world who are working in tandem with a pair of magic miscreants named Deidre and Epic Crave. Like these, there's a... A passage of artifacts between worlds. Um, You got magic items and uh, bric-a-brac from this Tangia being very, very valuable on our world, and you have traditional weapons like you know AK-47s and grenades being unheard of on Tangia, and even the, the the uberly powerful magic users can't defend themselves. Against these traditional everyday weapons that we have on our uh, realm, so there's there's a, a passage of items between the realms, and there's people policing the the, the passage of items. But um, so Garthod and his his crew um, they discover that somebody's leeching the power from this 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 dragon, and the dragon gets totally pissed off when she sees the party and she lets forth this this uh, white hot belch of, of dragon magic and she kills Marmot dead. And um, the the other members of the party are are, are shaken and wounded and they're spirited away uh, one of the one of the magic users, Fane, casts this protective bubble around the group and they're spirited away to the chamber of the unknown book. What is this about? Well, it's it's the highest uh, a council of the the ultimate authority in tangia there's these four people comprising this council you got the master of flames the mistress of waters the mistress of the rose and the master of cups and they they put you know put a a, a penance on the group they're like okay you trespassed you you stole you looted you destroyed like you guys are in trouble so you're going to have to work out your sentence In servitude to the realm and it particularly stings garthod because his parents are two members of the guild (laughs) so so what's their penance they get sent to earth to help police the traffic not just
3: earth but chicago
2: yes to police the traffic of these these uh magic items going and and weapons going back and forth between um and just to wet your whistle the book ends with a white supremacist militia group being given evil dragon powers. Oh no! Yes, it's all right. I might have to read this. <laughs> it's crazy. It's cr- the the one guy has the 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 that evil infernal flag on his hat. There's a police. Off. Like Tim is is totally stacking the deck in his favor with the bad guys. Like a white supremacist militia. Come on. It It's just, it's so tongue in cheek, but man, it, it just, I love fantasy books. It's not as, um, by the numbers as, uh, or I shouldn't say by the numbers. It's not as traditional as, uh, Last God was. Last God. Like that's, that's a total fantasy trope made, made, you know, given life. Right. But this, this, you got your fantasy stuff in here. You got your, sh- mm-hmm. your, 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 um. Stranger in a Strange Land, Fish Out of Water type element to it with uh, modern day themes and, and ideas that are very much you know at the forefront of the news. So I thought it was awesome because not only is it a great story, drawn by Freddie Williams II. Oh my God, he just chews, <laughs> he chews up every panel, just destroys it. It's awesome. It's Aftershock. It's $4.99. It's the first issue. Read it, see if you like it, and continue. I thought it was great. Total total departure. It, it took me. It was like the Calgon take me away. Took me out of the out of the moment and just mesmerized me for whatever. Uh, and it's a wordy bitch. So being it is, wordy it wordy. is a very wor- wordy bitch. Oh, I might be out again. It's <laughs>
1: <laughs> no,
2: oh, I, no, you're pulling you pull me in and then pulling me out. <laughs> I I loved it a lot. Dap, you read it? It.
3: Yes, I did. Nice. No, it, it it looks absolutely fantastic, and you know, Freddie seems to be um, at least here in that um, in the current uh, Howard Porter or, or or Scott Collins kind of mode. It's just that this the the lines that the, the figures just remind me of that, especially the faces. But it's still Freddie. You can still see Freddie in here. It's the Freddie that we've known since the CGS days. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it was. I mean, I am um i i i really really uh like a few of the characters in the book especially old man puff but there's a, um there's there's the, the character designs are fantastic especially for crave the, the double page spread where where you get the get the origin it was um it's 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 a striking image i the freddy's characters they all look like the could very easily be turned into action figures, especially the old um, Warlord and uh, Eric figures from Medco. But the... Um, I, I, I thought the colors were great. I really liked it a lot. It was, it was a solid package. I will... Um, I'll I'll, uh, I'll continue to check it out. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. And I, di- I didn't go in with low expectations. I, you know, the creators have a resume. Um, I just didn't know if, if the... How how far it would stray from the D and D tropes, and the fact that you know it starts where it begins and and where it takes us, um, you kind of know right off the bat that that you're in for something a little different. It, it it's a solid story. I dug it.
2: Some stuff so that I that I didn't uh, mention because I didn't want to let the cat out of the bag, but there's there's surprises in the issue. Yes. Yes. There you go.
3: Um, one thing I did get a chance to read, uh, grabbed it from, from the shop yesterday. Uh, and I won't, I know you guys are waiting on yours, so I'm not going to go too deep into it, but the first issue of, um, Stephanie Phillips and Riley Rossmo's Harley Quinn, uh, dropped and needless to say, it looks fantastic. I'm not the only one who thinks that because when I checked this afternoon, every single page from this issue was on hold or sold from Felix. Oh, yeah. And like,
0: yeah, in like
3: seconds. Yeah. So, uh, and and according to Comic Art fans, you know, some of the pages were, were extremely reasonably priced. Um, but no, the, the, the art's fantastic. The story uh, takes place. Um, after the joker war after i bet I, it, it looks like and, and since i'm not current i wasn't current on suicide squad it looks like maybe her time her term her sentence with task force x um is over and and she's trying to she's trying to get in on that that sweet allowance or stipend that uh, that batman has to give all his sidekicks because how else are they mm-hmm. gonna survive so so she's like you know let me let me work for you let me hook you up let me get you information you know i know things that only someone like me could know i've been on that side i've been in there um so you know so we'll we'll scratch you through backs and 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 batman's like uh, he grumbles away and she's like well don't don't forget about to leave the check and he's like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about so uh they have a pretty cool back and forth but but her um i think her actions seem to be uh, well thought out and, and and pretty, pretty forthcoming. If she's got any ulterior motives, they're not uh, they aren't being shown just yet. But, um, I I I liked it a lot. She's got, she's Harley, so so of course she's got baggage. But but there's more. I guess immediate baggage regarding, um, like I said, the, the Joker war. So that that that's pretty recent. It's not like it's picking up after the Amanda and J, and Jimmy stuff necessarily, but the uh the last page some people might groan over the the character, but um I'm kind of stoked to see where it goes and 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 what what uh damage he can inflict uh in harley's life but i I was very very happy with it it it's uh it is it's it's one of the d c books that doesn't have a backup. So it's it's uh, for now it's straight through ninety nine and um, and I, I I really like that, I mean of course it's yeah it it I think people will be happy with it I I know Harley's a character her series lasts a while so you know, people do enjoy her in 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 any sort of situation but I think i I'd be curious to hear what what other people think about it I mean like I said it looks great you guys know you guys know what it's going to look like but um, I don't think I've read a lot of Phillips' work. But like, I like what she did here.
0: That's awesome. I uh, yeah, as you as you said, I'm very much looking forward to reading that. Um, my inner travels uh, is is it is alluded to at the beginning, but before that, I just wanted to do a quick mention because I don't this is well, it's fresh to mind. Um, I don't maybe you guys remember. I don't remember who it was in the Slack that touted Nightwing number seventy eight. But uh, someone did, and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I have very little experience with with <laughs> Dick Grayson in his own book. Like, almost all of it's from either when he's a supporting character in a Batman book or when he's part of the Titans. But, um, but I've always Juan, liked the characters.
3: Juan, uh, Juan Manuel. Manuel. Manuel the, uh,
0: okay. Yeah. So, so I, but I was intrigued by the fact that um, Tom Taylor is writing it. I'm a big fan of Tom's superhero work for sure. And so I'm like, ah, let me try this. Let me give you the whirl. Now, what's interesting is it's issue number 78. So like they didn't renumber it, which is so anathema to what the big two do now when they're starting a whole thing over. Um, neither here nor there. It's, I'm wondering how many people will not realize that it's a complete start over, not in the start over, but like a complete resetting of the character. But I gotta say, man, I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. Like, I, I don't have much, like I said, I don't have much Dick Grayson baggage. I, I know that some people were very put off by what had happened to him in the last few years. My understanding is he was shot and he lost his memory, so he was kind of living a different life. Um, but in this, he's recovered. He's back in Bloodhaven. He's hooked back up with, uh, with, with not romantically yet, although I assume it's like with Barbara Gordon. Um and it does take place in continuity, so I hope this isn't a spoiler for anybody at this point. But but Alfred is dead. That's that's I hope that's not a secret. But and um, I love it because it turns out Alfred was freaking a billionaire because when he became the ward of Bruce, they gave him a ton of <laughs> of Wayne Industries stock, and because he lived and he didn't never need it, he said he was smart with his money and ended up being a billionaire. And so he gives freaking Dick the money, so now Dick is a billionaire, chilling in Bloodhaven, back to being Nightwing, with Barbara Gordon hanging out with him. And like the tone of the book was very evocative to me, of the Hawkeye book that we, for several different writers took a stab at it. But like of recent years at Marvel, I very much enjoyed the tone. I thought Redondo's art looked great. I I'm aboard. I'm I'm on board for a Nightwing book for a while. I don't know until That's they lose awesome. my interest, So. Um. Yeah. I. I. I now again. I said that wasn't my new travels. So I won't go along on this. But as I alluded at the beginning, um, I read with great anticipation. Um, Manhunter, written by Archie Goodwin with art by Walt Simonson. Um, as Vince alluded, this appeared uh, as a backup story, eight pages in Detective Comics in the early '70s, and this is a deluxe hardcover. That was solicited I, This got, isn't the first time you've read it, though, right?
3: It is, yeah. It wasn't? Oh no, I'm sorry. I, okay, that wasn't a book of the month. We were all just picking things. It was, it, it was something I've read. I, I reread this before this di- before the deluxe edition came out. Okay. I read the previous version, but the three of us, it was a theme episode, and we each picked something. I don't know what the theme was that would allow me to reread this, but um, I thought you read it so oh, no. i'm gonna because i have i have it right here so i'm gonna yeah. through a while you talk through
0: it but no so yeah, i mean like i, I said, said i don't want to i don't need to go deep on it because i already give a kind of impromptu in your travels on nightwing but but it um i knew that dap loved this i know it's a character he always adored i figured worst case i was going to get some walt Simonson art and that's never a bad thing but i loved everything about this book um like, honestly, his costume's ridiculous, but, like, so are so <laughs> many superhero costumes. Like, the aforementioned Nightwing and the aforementioned Hawkeye. So I don't know why that always used to put me off. But, like, starting with this, they even go through explaining the costume. Like, I wasn't mad at the costume anymore. And the thing is, is I thought everything about this book was great. Like, it's ridiculous, but it's ridiculous in such a wonderful way. It It's it it. it they even go so far as to explain why Paul Kirk, Manhunter, exists in the current DCU. Now, current meaning in the '70s, but that he actually was killed in the '40s on a safari because he was a he was a Golden Age character and was much different. But it was the same dude, and in this, it was the same dude. He gets killed and he's basically put in cryogenics and thawed out when they could cure him. And in the process of curing him, he's got superpowers now, like super, he's basically like Captain America he's got super. He's really good he- healing, you know, that kind of thing. But I thought the whole thing was fun, man, like 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 cl- like clear and concise, which is probably the product of it being 8 page stories. But, you know, clear villain. I loved his 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 crew. Christine St. Clair. Like I said, the 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 uh, like the whole thing was dope. I I I read it all in one sitting. It looked great. It was a treat seeing Walt in his earlier form, because while it's very much still Walt, it's it's a little looser, a little little more carefree, a little scratchier, and I I'm not mad at it. Like I'm here for it. It was neat seeing Walt in that in that vein. Like I wouldn't mind seeing more of him draw like that. Um, yeah, I thought it was terrific, man. Like I'm I totally get why you like the character. He's like James Bond and like and like like a ninja all rolled into one. It's 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 cool and and yeah, like and and it's it was definitely of its time, but like I I love a good crew and like. So he's got the beautiful, sassy, smart, blonde, you know, beauty. He's got he's got the the you know, the the cool, you know, uh, like uh, bell bottom afro, you know, black dude that makes him the awesome weapons. And then he's got, you know, his old ninja master who like Storm Shadow is his enemy at first. But then because he realizes he's on the wrong side, becomes his 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 ally and uh, yeah, the, oh, the only nitpick I'll give it and I understand why it happened is I thought it was a little whack that they had to have Batman jump in in the final battle because it's it to me, it read a little bit like once you give any character that's not like a list character, Batman, you're stacking a deck, right? Because how's Batman ever going to lose? So I kind of wish this didn't ever have Batman involved. But absent that, and it's a small knit. I thought it was wonderful, and I, 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 I can see why you love it. I, I, so I don't know if there's more Manhunter that's of this quality, but, but, uh, but no, I'm pretty much. Man-Hunter.
3: You, you, you've, you've pretty much. I mean, yeah, there was, um, there was the the Manhunter series that Andrico wrote with with the the female. Manhunter, but nothing with, uh, no, the, everything you got is pretty much right here because it's got the. Um, it's got the silent issue from Detective Comics from yeah, it's
0: uh, yeah, from the yeah. So it's yeah.
3: this is everything you
0: got. Damn! So he's a pretty like C-list D-list character then. Yeah. Wow.
3: Okay. Yeah, I just I love that look though. Mm-hmm. Be- between the mask and and the, the the big open sleeves, it's just it it, it was different and I, it's it's he and because it was it was one of those things where it was all. It was quality, not quantity, because you only have a handful. There's, 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 however, 60 odd pages here. It that, that. That there's your Paul Kirk Manhunter by, by Goodwin and, and Simonson. That, that's it. And um, it's it's one of it. it just it's, it's kind of like an earworm. It just it dug its way into me, and and it's just it stuck. But uh, you mentioned how concise it was and how it read, and that's yeah. It, they were only given so many pages. But that's because Archie Goodwin is no damn slouch, for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yep. So big thumbs up, and like I said, I j- it just arrived, so it's obviously in print. I think it just hit. It was in my box what a week or either last week or the week before. I don't remember which, but yeah. So, and it's not expensive. It's like eighteen dollar cover. So
2: yeah, like ten bucks, ten or eleven bucks. Are They're, you a
0: fan of, of it? Vince?
2: Oh yeah, it in- yeah, sure. I think it's great good stuff oh, there you go pulpy as hell
0: i was gonna say i, I you know I, I forever all the times i joke i'm not into pulp i there's been a lot of things in the last year or two that i've liked that were pulpy. yeah it's, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like
2: me with the crime books oh, i don't like crime yeah. books oh, yeah you do yeah you
0: do <laughs> I <know. laughs> yeah. like i even really much liked that they made him the same character as the as the golden age pulp version i thought that was cool
2: Mm -hmm. There is hope for you yet. And there's hope for you, the listener, because we will return. If you want to hear and experience more of the 11 O'Clock Comics thing, go to Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, and Instagram. Lots of stuff going on there. Check out the Patreon, please. Patreon.com forward slash 11 O'Clock Comics. And we just have a whole lot of fun. You know the drill. After all we've said and done this evening, it is time to... Say good night. What's up, Jason? Hmm? What's up? i How you doing? Doing alright, man. How's my girl doing?
0: So, she's doing good. She was so dude. It was like we won the lottery when she saw I was getting the vaccination. She was so happy.
2: I would drive a vaccination myself to your house to give her one. <laughs>
0: Well, she's not getting vaxxed yet, but she said she's much more interested in me getting
1: vaxxed. Right.
2: Well, it's a good thing. David, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's I a mean, long
0: drawn out. It
2: is. She's good happy. Guy. We're
0: planning our, uh, our spring break.
2: Uh, not spring break. I, miss, I misspoke.
0: Uh, we're planning our summer, our summer vacation.
2: Nice. I'm going to uh, Vegas in June. For um, Spac, the the f- photography convention thing. Mm-hmm. They, uh, so far, it's still on the books. They're having it, so we'll see.
0: Hope it doesn't interfere with
2: heroes. Who wins, Heroes? I thought well,
0: here, I mean, I don't know if the Heroes is going to happen, they, but
2: yeah, that's and that's
3: that. That's what I needed to. We um, needed to talk about. Uh, after this but i cuz basically um you got to I would right i would like to know what our plans are for the rest of uh for the rest of the year rest of the Com- year Com- holy crap Com- Com- wise. New, new york and what we're going to do in lieu of um of heroes if if that's too close to call um so yeah i just need to make sure since since my boss isn't there anymore to approve my time i need to kick it up and, and i need to make sure we have um so as soon as we know what what we're looking at, I can put those days, in I can always pull them back later. But if we have a rest of ideas to where we might be going, yeah, I can put the timer for that time.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no dates listed for heroes, right? I'm looking on the site, so I'm guessing that means it's not happening, or at least mm-hmm. if it is, it's not gonna like so. Right.
2: All right, everybody, but we're happening. Come back here next time. We'll we'll have everything ready for you, and you can sit down and enjoy yourselves. We love you so much. Get out of here. That's it for that one.